Welcome, everybody. We have a really mixed group. We have some people who have no clue of what this is about, and some of you who could be up here yourselves. So, let's see how it rolls. So without moving your body, see if it's relaxed. Without changing your position, can you relax it more? And if you discover that I can't relax my body because whatever, my, my legs are crossed or something, then consciously reorganize your body. But it's interesting to know, if I'm in that position, I'm not actually relaxed. Just take note. Let your body be as relaxed as you can. Let your breathing slow down. Just let it slow down. I want you to find one positive belief about yourself, your personality person that goes by the name me. One positive belief. And nothing as super, superficial as like, I've got great biceps or I love my body. Like something a bit more personal and deeper, huh? say that sentence, that positive sentence, see if you can put a feeling behind it. See if you can put a feeling, an emotion with it. Feel it. Zavani, give me your hand if, put your hand up if you can't do it. Okay, well done. Okay, let that thought go. Is there a negative one that comes to mind? See if there's a negative one and check to see if there is automatically an emotional charge that comes with it. Check to see is there an emotion that's ready to pop up there 
You don't have to create one. I don't want you to create one, actually. But if there's a negativity, a criticism that you might have personally inside yourself that you mightn't even have ever voiced, when you have that sentence, is there a feeling that comes with it? Does your emotional body automatically line up with it? Okay, chuck the negative one again. Find another positive one. And stir up a feeling to endorse it, to enrich it. is a little gem of a tool for you to take away and here's why <clears throat> when your mind is just not focused on anything and it's just meandering because mind likes to be busy you're not doing anything you're doing something you always do like driving the car or lying in bed or you know and mind is if your self-confidence is low, it will run to a negative one. If your confidence is high, your access to going deeper and outside of mind will be much more open, much more. If you're in the habit of having a negative thought that's charged with an emotion, you will be on the spiritual path forever until you separate your emotional body from your thinking capacity. Now, we can do it by going to therapy and finding out, you know, I actually can love myself finally. We can do it that way. That's one way of doing it. It's really slow. So I did. I didn't know any other way. But what you can do is check out. It's like, God, can I run a positive sentence and actually have a positive emotion? Or is my self-criticism so strong that it takes me quite a while to, to settle and rest and own a positive, affirmative quality about myself? If the negative ones are readily available, that's the work you have to do. Even if you've been meditating for 30 or 40 years, you can't avoid that part. You can't. Because that's the belief system that will be in place that will alter your perception of the world. It will change your behavior. It changes how you interact. It stops the free-flowing, the natural order of your divine essence. It interrupts it. It changes it. It sabotages it. Why? Because you're trying to survive. If there's a lot of negative beliefs about yourself, you will be trying to survive. There will be an underpinning idea that the world isn't so safe. 
but I have to do certain things to keep myself safe. All of this thinking has to go if you're going to wake up. You have to see through it. It has to go. I'm going very quickly, but can you follow? Yeah? All right. So when a negative thought about yourself came up, was there an emotion readily there? Okay. All right, good. Well done for spotting it. Yeah. If there's an emotion readily there, what's happened is that your mind has hijacked your emotional body to keep the story of me, myself, I alive. To keep the personal alive. So the first thing we've got to do is let's split your emotional body from your thoughts. Thoughts are just thoughts. They don't have a lot of power until they hijack your emotional body. If they hijack your emotions, whoa, okay, now they're strong. We know from science that neurological pathways are created like this. This is how it works. So you are wiring your brain every time you have a thought that's coupled with an emotion that supports your belief in the thought. That's the ingredients for changing the wiring in your brain. That's how it works. We know it. It's proven without a doubt. Over and over and over and over again. All kinds of test studies. Test cases. So if you have this repetitive loop, you know, they come, no? You have an argument with somebody and or for no reason at all. Or it's like, God, that thing is still around in my head and it's like four days old since I had that conversation with somebody. And I had a different conversation with them in the shower ten times since. And I wouldn't like conversation, but I'm still living back, you know, this garbage. Right? If your neurology is set up to have these quacky loops going on, your emotions are tied to your thoughts. And you, every time you run a thought that has an emotion with it, if it's negative, you are hard wiring. You are hard wiring, hard wiring, a repetitive loop in your brain. You're hard wiring your belief system. You're hard wiring your perspective on the world. If you're running it with positive, you're also hard wiring it. But the thing is, when we have hard wired positive beliefs about our personality. It's not half as demanding on our attention, on our thinking processes. Because you're safe, you're competent, you accept yourself, you trust yourself, you trust the world. Crisis happens and you kind of roll with it. Because you don't have the, whoa, this is dangerous, I've got to protect myself, so-and-so's out to get me, so-and-so doesn't like me, this won't work, I've no power. None of that dialogue is there. You see? It doesn't run from one belief to the next belief to the next belief. So you're much more present. If your hardwired beliefs are positive, you're much more present. And if you're present, you can drop outside of your thinking mind. So we can sit in meditation for six hours today. We can go into the stillness. But if you have hard wiring that says, the, the, I'm not good enough. I'm just not good enough. If that's a hard wired belief and it has an emotional charge with it, 
all the meditation in the world, it would be like, you know, you're, you're going at like a huge rock with a pen, you know, trying to chip it away. Miracles happen, but they're kind of rare. <laughs> The wiring that's in your brain is your responsibility. It's your responsibility. We don't have any kind of uh, procedures as yet to, to wipe out something. Thank heaven, because I'm sure it will be hit and miss for quite so many years. <laughs> but you can do it yourself. And the reason that we've ended up in this mess is we don't know enough about our thinking process. We never learn how to think properly. You know, look, look at our education system. There's nothing about how to think. How do you use your, your mind? What happens in, in there, in the silence of your own thoughts? We don't have those tools. We're only just beginning to realize this stuff is important. This is important. You know? And we live in a world where there's stimuli everywhere. So that makes our mind extra busy. Our attention span is something ridiculous now. Is it 15 seconds or something? Our attention span. And it's getting worse because of the instant, instant, instant. It is now, 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 now. So our attention span is shortening all the time. We need new stimuli all the time. And as a result, it's making our brains a little bit crazy. So the first thing is to encourage you to separate your thoughts from your emotions. In the quiet of your own mind, separate your thoughts from your emotions. If there's a negative thought and it's just driving you nuts and it keeps repeating, it's like, okay, first thing I need to do is separate my emotions from this. It will become much less potent. At least now it's not hardwiring. At least now it's not hardwiring. It's just a thought, but it's not like cranking in to, to be a repetitive go-to thought that will prop up at any time that any situation is remotely similar. Oh, this is my perspective because this reminds me of that situation. So the outside world will always be confronted with the same go-to if you have negative hardwiring. You'll approach the world with these thinking processes. Do you see? So let's start looking at positive ones, huh? And it's a good exercise to... Get a list of 10. Make a list of 10 positive, affirmative things about yourself. And have an emotional charge with each one. Start changing your neurology. And then it happens also that you're not even aware of what the negative thought is, but you feel like crap. And you feel bad, you don't quite know what it is, but you want to stuff it down. So you'll go for alcohol, you'll go for food, you'll go for distraction, you'll go for, you know, zoning out on Netflix or whatever, porn or anything. Anything will do to just, just, let's just get rid of this feeling. So if you're somebody who needs to numb out, what's the belief that's linked to the thought? Because very often, if you numb out, if that's your pattern, you're just used to the emotion coming. You're only detecting the emotion. The thought was there before the emotion, but you missed it. 
Because the emotion is the thing that gets you to react. So your brain turns, your attention goes to the emotion because that is the thing that you respond to and not the belief that came before the emotion. Right? So if an emotion comes up that you like to, dumb, to numb out, what is it? What's the feeling? What is it that you can't abide? Name the emotion. Take a step back. What's the belief before that emotion? What's the thought that gave rise to that emotion? You might have to look for it. Because you won't be used to putting your attention prior to the emotion. The, emo the emotion is so yucky that that's the only thing you're listening to and then what you've got to take action to numb it out. But what was the concept? What was the belief that was there beforehand? Now we've got some chance of changing the belief. Is it true? Really, is it true? And it could be just like, you know, I, I'm bored. I'm sick of this. And it's like, well, why? What's going on? How come that concept is believed? What is it? What's so wrong with right now? Really, what's so wrong with right now? What's wrong with it? Sometimes right now is fine and sometimes you have to numb it out. Why? What's going on in you? Because actually what's ever happening is always fine. It's always fine. You know? What do you do? What are you doing there? What's your interpretation of right now that it's so bad you've got to numb it out? Or push it down, distract yourself, engage your senses. That's what will do it, because your attention will go to your senses. Taste, touch, smell, anything. Pleasure, pain, you know? Just shift your attention off it. It's like, but, but it's still there, it's waiting for the next day. What is it that you're trying to numb out? What is it? So these are things that have to get tidied up to wake up. They have to get tidied up. You know, if there is total acceptance for the now, like Eckhart Tolle would say, or the Dalai Lama, or, you know, speakers who just talk about, this present moment is actually fine. Well, when you think it's not, what belief are you running? What idea are you running that it's not? Because the truth is, is that it is fine. It actually is fine. It is. Then there's this thing of using a spiritual concept to kind of mask over and camouflage what's really going on. It's like, okay, this is the present moment, I just have to accept it. I'm going to practice being content and I'm going to accept it and it's fine. And you can brainwash yourself and that's fine. I much prefer you to be truly, truly, brutally self-honest and go in to find out, okay, I can put sugar coating on this and switch my brain so that I'm being content and I can accept this present moment. Or I can dig into my own crap here and find out what am I fighting in the first place that I have to put these layers of thought on top of it. Because that stuff is going to bite you. It's going to bite you. And it will stop an awakening. Okay, you can't hide anything. You can't hide a pebble on this path. You can't. And thankfully. You know, otherwise it would be... A shame.
So are you somebody who practices being content or practices acceptance and you're actually hiding something else? Are you somebody who says, yeah, yeah, this is cool, this is fine, this is actually fine. But if you drop in deeper, no, some part of me actually isn't okay with this. See if that's what's going on with you, huh? And go for the root cause. It's like, what's the belief system? What, what do you need to be different? What's, what's looking for attention? What is it? You'll find it's about nothing, actually. But you'll have to have the courage to face it and dig it up and look at it and see what's going on and maybe cry a bit or get angry a bit or resolve something or love yourself more. Or, and then it's like, oh gosh, I obeyed that thing for years. And it has no potency at all. And that's the magic of it, you know? Once you unfold something, it's like, oh my God, I wasn't true at all. I just inherited it. I was stupid. So these bad habits, let them come up. Let yourself see them, huh? So from the full spectrum of managing your thinking mind and the me, myself, I, right through to awakening, which is the recognition that you're not who you think you are at all anyway. We, we can jump in and out at any level of it. And if you're completely lost, we're going to the deep part, then tell me, you know, and, and let's see if we can link it so that you can... Uh, so that we can find the map, the map of, of from dealing with negative belief system right through to awakening. It's on the one spectrum. It's on the one spectrum. I work with spiritual teachers a lot. You wouldn't believe the little grains of sand that were hiding for years and years and years. You wouldn't believe it. And it's like, well, that's so basic. And it's like, don't judge it, don't judge it, don't judge it. It just wasn't ready to be seen to now. But it just calls a little bit of grit. Something, eating a sandwich with sand in it. You know, that kind of like, something off here. So, don't judge yourself. But like, you know, no, oh no, I'm way beyond those negative beliefs. I know that. My confidence is fine. It's like, just be careful. Arrogance can come in. We're not infallible, you know. We're not infallible. Always having that openness, no matter how awake, liberated, no matter how, the, the criteria actually for going all the way is recognizing that you're still learning, you're still growing, that there can always be a blind spot. And if that openness is there, okay, all right. Now we don't have arrogance, we don't have judgment, we don't, we just have an open heart and it's available. It's just available. So that willingness, that openness, keep that in mind if you find yourself today saying, oh, this is just way too basic. And it's like, I would be looking for arrogance. If that's your opinion, I'd be looking for arrogance. I'd be looking for something else hiding underneath that judgment. Or a rejection of what's happening. Or There are layers to it. Do you see? There's layers. This stuff hides everywhere. So just see how are you interpreting what's going on. Keep watching yourself rather than projecting and judging what's out there. Watch yourself and your response. 
That's the only work that matters. It's the only thing that matters. What's going on inside your own perceiving mechanism? Still with me? Yes. All right, great. Okay. Okay, does anybody have a question? If you speak really loudly from down there, that's fine. Or if you'd like to come up, something different happens when you're up here. It just challenges other parts. <laughs> sure, Karen. So I'd like to talk about my daughter. So she's um, uh, so she's really spitting a lot of anger at me, and she has migraine headaches. She's really uncomfortable, and I know that I went through a period of really spitting at my mother just a few years ago, very recently, and I felt at that time I wanted to hurt her. I was angry. I was blaming her. So I feel like I'm giving my daughter some leeway because I felt like I didn't really have a choice or I wasn't willing to change. I was um, justifying my behavior to myself. So I'm giving my daughter some leeway, but I'm also saying maybe a home health aid would be better. And then she, you know, maybe what? a home health aid would okay. be better for you than me. And um, and then she, you know, says, go and leave, you know, so leave me, and puts a guilt trip on me. So I committed to help her next week, but I told my ex I'm not committing to the following week. And then the third week she's on vacation and out of town. And the fourth week I said, I'm doing this workshop, I'm basically not available, so I will have two weeks off. Um, so the questions are like, it's really bothering me. Like, there's two things going on, I feel like. One is to admit to her and share with her my own experience, but I'm afraid she'll manipulate me or, I don't know. So there's that fear. Um, and I keep saying to her, I'm on your side. That's yeah. my new phrase to her. And it's like, I, you know, she's like sweet to the doctor, and then she'll bark at me the next moment. So she's capable, because she wants to maintain a good relationship with him. She's told me, be nice to the hospital people, because I might be back. So she's aware of caring for herself, you know, not yes. ruffling feathers, but with me, you know, it's okay to do that. And I'm like, well, what's not okay with me? I'm really um, getting tired of it. So it's like boundaries and, uh, and speaking up. I feel like I'm afraid to speak up. Like I'm afraid to say anything about anything that she'll just reject it because we're very different people. We have very different paths in life. And I feel like I really can't relate 
that she won't accept anything I say because we have very, I don't I have no idea what she's supposed to be learning what her path is and I'm a little I'm intimidated to okay to say anything yeah there's a few things going on here one is that I'm interested in the fact that you said uh, she can guilt trip you and that she can intimidate you. So these are susceptibilities in you that you need to change. Because there you're willing to like play the game. So, so. Yeah. Well, when she spit that guilt trip at me, it's like. Oh. But why do you hook into it? What in you makes, makes you well, I, I buy into that guilt trip? Right. Why isn't it kind of entertaining? Because, okay, because I have, you know, I have a moment of, she's my daughter, I love her, I want to take care of her. Sure. I want to support her. Sure. And but, but you're recognizing your own limits. And is that okay? Or, or is it not okay for you to have your own limits? You have to find your limits, yeah, not I her. Torn. Yeah, I bet. I torn. I bet. I bet. I want to be there, but I want to, I want her to be nicer to me. So that's my agenda. Uh huh. Uh huh. So if, if you're I didn't let her guilt him, I just said, no, that's not the way it is. Okay, I've good. been here a very long time to help you, and I have shown up for you, and that's not true. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. So then that stays outside your energy field, like, yeah? Yeah. All right. So more limits like this would be really good, where you're confident about them, where you don't hand over the power for somebody else to be able to negotiate them. And it's not about being stern, it's about just being confident and knowing what you can do and what you can't do. Yeah. And as a result, it will influence her behavior because there's a place she can't go with mom. But it's about you knowing what can I do and what can't I do. And it sounds like, you know, okay, I'm there for that week, I have a two-week break. I'm... It's like, okay, can you confidently own those boundaries that you're putting up? Or are they negotiable? No, negotiable. Are you going to give her the power to negotiate your decision or not? No, because I need that time. You need I that need time. So then it's not negotiable. It's like, okay, we need to just organize something because this is how it is. But if you bring in your emotions, <laughs> then all hell will break loose. You see? And she'll get in there. Because that's what kids do. They'll play on your emotions. Because that's the downfall. You know? So, establishing your own boundaries and being confident about them. And not so much that like, no, I'm saying it's, it's not about that. It's about organically honoring yourself. So it's, it's kind of a silent way, you know? Because it's just coming from a place of you honoring you. She'll get it if you're just honoring you. So, you know, the other thing is this guilt tripping. Like, why do I feel guilty? Yeah, why do you feel guilty? Why are you bringing emotion into it? Why, why, where's the rule that says you should do more, that you're not doing enough? Right. 
So I guess it's that as a parent, I've been a pretty, like, I'm going to say laid back. Like, I believe in organic things. And, like, I found my path organically. It was from inside. So I sort of expected her to find her path that way. And I don't know that she's finding it. So I guess I'm second-guessing myself. Well, you should be more proactive. Or a lot of parents are very proactive. I wasn't a proactive parent. And so I guess I'm feeling guilty about that. But now I have an opportunity and I'm scared to death that she'll just throw it out. So what? Well, you're nuts. I mean, she doesn't. You know, she asked me why I go to these things. I can't even, I don't, I'm terrified to, to say a word. I say to be more loving. I'm terrified of him dissolving the ego. I'm terrified to say that to her. Why? Because the ego is the, you know, it's God, the intellect to her. Okay. Okay. All right. She doesn't believe yeah. in God, so there's no spiritual reference. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. Mm -hmm. If she's not able to hear it, if you know that she can't hear, then that's fine. That's fine. There's no point in giving her something There's, that she's I'm no place to push it. Even distrust me more. Yeah. I'm trying to build trust with her. Sure. So that's why I'm afraid to say anything. I'm afraid it's just going to undermine any trust she has with me, I guess. Mm. Okay, there's a few things going on there together, aren't there? Yeah. First of all, how you reared her was the best of your ability. Like what she does with it. You know, if you were a proactive mom, you couldn't be sure that she would have been a, a daughter who would be like, back off, mom, back off, back off. That's, that's the game. Yeah. You know, like... You can't win. You're no, mom. you can't win. You're the parent. You're mom. You have to be yeah. this one who screwed up. Like, that's the deal. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's how it is. That's how they grow up, you know. They have to be right. And who's the one who can be wrong? Well, you know. Mom. Yeah, you're the obvious target. Yeah, I've asked her to go to therapy for years. She's not interested Perfect. in working on herself. So That's fine. She's not interested in working on herself. That's fine. How old is she? 32. 32, yeah. 32. Yeah. Okay, so that's the whole... Anyway, she was in therapy as a child. She wouldn't confide in the therapist. Therapist all. She's, she's not... Confiding in me. Yeah. She was protecting herself at a yeah. young age. Yeah. She felt the need to protect herself. Yeah. Very yeah. difficult divorce, a lot of fighting. Sure. 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 So. It was what it was. Right. So now. You can't go back. to help her when she's just mired in this, you know, depression and migraines and feeling miserable. You can't fix her. Yeah. And her brokenness yeah. is not your problem. Yeah. It's not your problem. You can help, you can support, you're doubling over backwards. Yeah. Like changing your whole life to support her as she heals. Where, where's your limit? Where, where does it stop working for you? Because that's where she has to pick up the can and start becoming well, an I adult. I don't even call her because it's like, so then I feel guilty about that because I just feel like, like I, I go see her on Tuesday and I leave on Thursday. Uh huh. And I haven't called her yesterday or today. Okay. I thought of it 
Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, I just want her to have her space for me to okay. hit her bottom. I don't know. I don't know if I'm uh, punishing her or not. If you're answering an inner pull uh-huh. to not call, you have to trust that. But if you're bringing it into your thinking mind, the natural urge to like, I need to let her have her space. If you're going to honor that, then honor it. End of story. But if you're going to use that to doubt yourself and to feel guilty and to question yourself, you're getting wobbly around what's right and wrong for you. That's your thing. Nothing to do with her. It's a discernment. It's a discernment, yeah. And the decision that you make... That has to be right, because that's the, the only one you can make. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to assume that that's right, you know? Because if it's right at the time, then it's right at the time. There's, there's, there's no other knowing that you can pull from, except whatever feeling you have in that moment. Mm-hmm. But, but you've got to stop questioning it, and doubting it, and revisiting it, and feeling guilty about it. That's just your mind and your emotions running amok with something that you did to the best of your own ability. Do you see? No, I don't see as much about calling her because that's like... But it's the same pattern, Connie. It's the same pattern of like, am I doing the right thing? Second guessing yourself and checking, is it all right for her? Well, I want to see if I'm punishing her, if I'm doing, you know, if I'm reacting to her rather than, you know, trying to align the spirit and follow guidance. And which was it? Which was it that made you not call last weekend, for example? Or yesterday. Or yesterday. Okay, I feel like she's pushing me away. So, okay, I'll stay away. All right. Okay. I sent her an email. All right. So there was some contact. Is that okay? Well, I, I don't, I don't know. On one level, it is. On another level, I feel like she really wants connection, and you know, she's feeling really isolated. And I need to connect with her on another level than just showing up there, caring for her, and, and she's spitting at me. And you know, maybe now she's not in as much pain, so you know, we could connect a little bit. I mean, we have had moments of connecting. Yes. Yes. You can't fix her, Connie. You can't fix her. She's a grown woman. She's on her own path. You're bending over backwards and doubting and double-checking yourself and I'll try this and I'll do that and I could, and I, as if it's all something that you could do to fix her. But maybe you can't, you know? Maybe you can't. You're going over and above, you know, second-guessing everything, checking everything, if I could do this, if I could do that, and and not so sure if you put up a boundary around yourself to say what's good for you, is that okay? It's almost like you're kind of saying, well, you know, if I do say I'm not available this weekend, there's a nervousness about it. It's like, we need you to be strong and to know I can do this and I can't do that, and and... Her path is, is hers. 
I just feel like she feels really isolated and, you know... That might be the experience she needs to have. Yeah. She knows you're there. She knows you're totally available. She knows you've changed your life to support her. She, she knows it. And, 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 and she's working hard to push you away, and that's the test. Yeah, she's pushing, yeah. Her, she's pushing me away. She's pushing you away. Sure so. she is. That's, that's what she's going to have to learn about, you know? Will you still love me if I completely reject you? How much shit can I give you, Mom? And will you still love me? That's what she's doing, you know? That's what she's doing. So then I feel like I'm protecting myself by not calling her. Like, I just need that buffer of... Yeah, and you might have to. You might have to, like, there's only so much like of this I, I can take, break. actually. You yeah. need a break. Yeah. Yes. Pour this, please. <laughs> yes. Of, yeah, like, so what's... I just, you what? know, if she calls me, fine, but basically I'm not going to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honouring yourself and you staying solid and let her spin the way she needs to spin. You're doing kind of everything you can do. Let it be good enough. Let it be good enough. But you got to stop connecting your emotions with it. Because mm -hmm. that's what's catching you. That's pulling you into doubt then, you know? You know? Take care of no, yourself. I'm just trying to be honest. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know what you're doing. Yeah, you're, you're trying to just double check to make sure that your motivation is right. Yeah, but, but it is. It is, yeah, because when you, when you said it felt like I didn't want to call her, it actually came from a very clear place when you said that. It's like, okay, there's no game happening there. But then afterwards, you're double-checking it, and it's like, trust it, trust it, trust your gut a little bit more. Okay. Okay, sure. And I'll just say, Jack gave me this exercise last week about the ten things, and it's really helped me. Oh, good I'm for really, you. You started using powerful. it. Very powerful. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Tammy. Hi there. Find my grain of sand. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I'm on the verge of something breaking through. And I have a lot of awareness, you know, I've done a lot of work, um, but I just, I, I don't know. I'm really, like, seeing it and observing it, and I, I want it to be gone, but I don't know what's still there, what the grain of sand is, what I'm still attaching yeah. to. Yeah. Have you seen that you're not Tammy? Yeah. Are there desires still running? Sometimes, but I'm aware of them when they happen. You know, sometimes they get a hold of me, and but for the most part, I can see it and then separate myself from it, recognize it. it it's, I mean, I'm still honing that awareness, if yeah. you will. So when a desire comes, can you see that the I and the desire rise together? What's, yeah. how, how much do you see when a desire comes? And when do you a desire fight? comes, I see it as ego. Yeah. You know, I, I, see, um, I see the pattern of yes. suffering. Yes. And I don't want that anymore. So I'm, I'm able to see it and recognize, oh, 
it's just a habit, it's just a pattern, that's ego, and I'm not going to attach to it. So I'm better about that. I don't get stuck in it. Yeah. I don't, you okay. know, but it's like, I don't want it to keep going up. <laughs> What's the greatest sand? Because <laughs> I teach a lot of, you know, what you talk about. Yes. So I get it. Yes. Talk to me about love. Mm, it's all around us. It's what is, it's the root, the, the essence of everything. Um, it's openness, it's kindness, it's compassion, it's accepting, it's non-judging. Do you feel your heart is open? Um, I feel when I'm in that space of not judging, it's completely open, but I still can find myself judging. I recognize when I do it, but it still is a habit that keeps coming up. What does judging give you? What's the advantage uh, in it? Well, there isn't. <laughs> sure, but, but, but yeah, I know we don't do anything without a payoff. I get that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my pattern has been <clears throat> judging makes me feel smarter or better in some way. Like I know more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that gives you what? <coughs> um, well, I guess... <coughs> I guess that came from needing to feel worthy or, you know, um, just validating my personality. So what happens? Like, do you feel, like, does your energy field get bigger? Do you kind of feel fluffed up? No, do you not feel anymore. confident? What? Not anymore. Now when I do it, I, I'm like, yeah, I don't like that feeling anymore. You know, oh, I recognize okay. it and I go, yeah, I, you know, don't need that in my life anymore. I'm just trying to stop the habitualness of yes. it. Yes. But I recognize when I do it and I don't like the feeling that it gives me. It's an icky feeling now. Where yes. maybe in the past it was, it was motivated by feeling puffed up in some way, you yes. know, but, yes. but no, it doesn't give me that feeling now when I judge now, it's just like, oh, okay, I'm doing that again. I don't want to do that anymore. Right. And I recognize it. So some kind of a belief and separation is still running that's mm -hmm. showing up as judgment. Right. So something is making you see difference and comparing things. Right. And when we compare like that, you know, it's either to put ourselves down or blow ourselves up. Right. Depending if you have no confidence or confidence. Like, well, yeah, I got the confidence, so. You know, <laughs> so yeah. I have to put myself down. Yeah. I don't have the negative tape running at all. Yes, yes. But authentic <laughs> confidence, authentic confidence doesn't need right. to recognize that it's better than. Right. It doesn't need to run judgment at all. Right. So even phenomenal confidence can show up as a lack of confidence. Right, right. You no, see? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. So whatever's pulling you towards separation in some way is giving you some comfort, some positioning. Okay, so what's that grain of sand that I need to get rid of? <laughs> Learn about humility. Okay. And, okay, just to kind of be clear about what I mean by humility, 
not in the religious context of turning the other cheek, being a doormat. That's, that's not humility. That was sabotaged somewhere on the line. True humility is being totally potent in your humanity. That because, because of all that is the same in everything, because there is everything is the same, it just might look different on the outside, but in its essence is that it's the same. Mm-hmm. Humility is, is, is almost an expression of, of the beauty of that. It's like when you're in that place of knowing that this is, this is knowing, not having the concept, but knowing that mm-hmm. this is what I am too, showing up in a different way. And the absence of separation mm-hmm. The absence of separation shows up as humility, right. because there is nothing to prove, because there's no nothing to reference yourself against. Right, right. Okay. See, it's yeah, because of absolutely. the absence of separation. Right. You see. Mm-hmm. So, so, so there, there is nothing that needs to be compared or judged. Compared or judged. Exactly. It can't mm-hmm. be because what is the same is. It's the same. Is is yeah. yeah, and there's a joy in things showing up as differently. Right. So, and the joy comes from humility, not from, oh, they can do that and I can't do it. It's like, oh, wow, what a wonderful expression. But it doesn't get reference to they and me and what's the difference here. Okay. You see? It's Mm -hmm. a different groove altogether. Right. So, humility is hugely potent and silent and has nothing to prove because there is nothing to prove. There really isn't. Do you see? Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, and love is there. Right. It can be silent and in the background more often than in front. Mm-hmm. When, when, hmm. do you know the difference between when the when you as pure consciousness is running and when the mind is running, do you know when there is that capital K knowing and knowing from another place that's not conceptual? I think I've had moments of that. Um, okay, it's not all the time, but an awareness of you know kind of pulling back and. Seeing, viewing it differently, or and I don't know if that's just an intellectual thing, or if that is just a, you know. Um, yeah. How far back can you go? Um, well, I visualize it as being up in the clouds, looking down. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I don't sure. know how far back that is. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's black around me, you know, but I'm still. The essence of me is still there. I don't know. It's it's weird because I'm still I'm still human, but I'm pulling back, you know, with a different perspective. Okay. Of it all, everything as one, and everything at as it's all okay. It's all exactly as it should be, and it's yes. all yes, perfect, whole, and complete. And okay, you know, there's nothing to attach to, and there's nothing to get okay. right. Up, you know. Okay, that's the I am. Okay. That's the I am. 
So what I'd like to do is get rid of the M part of it. Okay. Homework. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when you're in that place. Okay. Right. Or up in the clouds or however it shows up, you know, right. and that everything's okay. It's happening kind of out there. Mm-hmm. And you know that Tammy is just a figment of your imagination. Right. I see the movie playing. You're seeing the movie playing. Yeah. All right. We need you to go deeper than that. Okay. Deeper than that, if the amnes goes, the amnes is like, so, so just for those for that this is new. So let's say there's, I am Tammy, I am Jack. All right. So that's me, myself, I, and I'm running my story. I am Jack. And then you see, oh my God, I only think I'm Jack. Actually, it's my thoughts that, that make me think I'm Jack. Without a thought, is there really a Jack here? Or is there just an assumption that there's a Jack here? Great conversation to have with yourself and figure out that actually, no, you're only a figment of your own imagination. Without your thought, you're actually not valid at all. So then, I am is valid. So there's like beingness. You can be present. There's no agenda. And it's just the I am without being, being something. So it's beingness. Human being, not the human doing. Then the am goes and there's just the pure I. With the pure eye, we, we find less and less words than as we go back. With the pure eye, there is nothing that is separate from it. It's not even doing the beingness part. Mm-hmm. Existence wears thin. The eye doesn't have a second in order, like an, an, another, to see it because there's only pure eye. It, there is nothing watching it. It can't see itself. That division hasn't kicked in yet. Do you see? So there's just pure eye. But it's the shedding of that am that's so scary. The shedding of the am is so scary. Yeah. This is where the fear comes in, the existential fear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And it's scary for the, the am part and the I am a woman part. It's not scare, scary for the I part. The I part isn't concerned at all of whether there's an M attached to it or not. But you don't know that until you shed the M out, right? But you're going to have to trust it, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. There is, a, there is a jumping off a cliff into the abyss. There is. There is. Yeah. And, and fear is transcendable. Letting it be your... your, your Motivator to not go deeper, I wouldn't give fear that much control. It's not worth it. Yeah, we'll get into it in a minute. But can we do that? Can we pick it up again? Yeah, yeah. All right, so I need you to get from the amnes, from the I am, into the pure I. Right? Okay. How so do I do that? With, <laughs> when you're in the I am, mm-hmm. what... What can work is like, okay, deeper than this. And all it is, is a rejection of the landing place that the I am, that the cloud, that the benign mm-hmm. observer. You're rejecting that state. Okay. Your mind will come with you if you imagine what it's like behind that. Okay. So you can't. You can't create a scenario and go there because then you'll just be in another state of mind. Right. right. But all you can do is reject the landing place that you are in. Okay. You see? So mm-hmm. it's like deeper than this. Okay. And an opening comes. 
So is this a sitting in meditation sort of thing, quiet, alone? Every time that you're aware, aware of the, okay. that you're watching and the movie is playing. Every then, time you're there, it's like, okay, I'm on, the, I'm on the springboard now. Okay. It's deeper than this. So whenever I get that, whether I'm driving or whatever I'm doing. Yeah, okay. exactly. Deeper than this. Okay. So that there's a, a, a pushback okay. from that observer, that clean, because you have the I am, you have the clean observer, you're there. Mm -hmm. But for sure there's more. The thing is, the fear is the movie will disappear. That's, that's what the fear is. It's like, whoa. Like, I'm not feeling any fear, but you mean yeah. in that moment I might be feeling that fear? Um, it, it happens for some people. Okay. I mean, it happens for some. Most. Okay. But not all. Okay. Huh? But the most. Most, yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay. It does. So, you know, if fear comes, fear comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But go through the fear okay. if it does come. Mm -hmm. You don't have to look for fear. Obviously, you're not looking for anything. You're looking, like, deeper than this. Right. Let everything that you know disappear. Disappear completely. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's great to hang out, hang out in the I am for a few years. It's good to get that pretty established. Is, is that the non-duality? Yeah, it's, it? yeah, almost. You're almost at the non-dual phase. Yeah, right. you're just on the door outside it. Right. You know? That's what I feel like. There's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs to go deeper. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something needs to push it over the edge. That's right. You need to push it over the edge. Yeah. And it's only a rejection of the, the, the platform that you're standing on. It's a rejection of that. So I can't paint a picture of what it's like prior to that. All I can say is that there's no, nothing other than it. So all division goes, all separation goes, the movie goes. It's, it's without. It's without. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't have anything. It's without. Okay. But this is going to probably be a stupid question. So if I'm driving <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Go deeper, go deeper. Hello, just... controller. Hello, controller. There's a fear. Hello. There There's a fear. <laughs> right. Yeah, just trust. Whatever. Okay. There's yes. When you said, think of a positive thing, that was easy. No problem. Think of a negative thing, controlling. Yeah. It didn't bring up any emotion. I know it. It's yes. It's always been a part of my personality. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've no emotion connected to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but... Yeah. That's that's what comes up. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, I mean we really think that we can manage grace, you know? <laughs> we can prescribe the perfect scenario and it's like, hmm. Yeah, that's been my intention lately is grace. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. So, okay. Just work on when I'm observing, yes, because you can only go from the observer, from mm -hmm. that clean observer, you right. know. Where, where... So there isn't any other homework, any other daily or scenario, or or is that the controller? <laughs> yeah, there's a pattern there of wanting to do it right and do your homework and all that stuff, and oh, you know, it's really true. about letting go totally. Okay. Totally letting go. You know, Tammy. I wouldn't be surprised if it'll bring you to your knees. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if, if you ended up another day here saying, it's hopeless, it's useless, I can't do anything about it. It's like, 
it's quite likely that your personality type, instead of going the fear route, that your personality type would just be the powerlessness mm -hmm. of trying to do this mm -hmm. will show itself to you. Okay. It's not a nice feeling. Okay. You know, because right. you're like right. in a heap on the floor Please saying, letting... <laughs> I can't completely, completely. letting go. Okay. That's where you need to go. Okay. To realize I am the problem. I am the one keeping myself in the observer because I want to get it right and do the right thing and I know how it works and I, 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 there's a lot of I in there. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So that's going to have to get a good shake. Okay. It will have to break you down fully. Okay. Is, I'm assuming that's part of then what's going to be part of my path here to CJ, the medical intuitive that yeah. you um, connected me to. You know, she's working with me on all the physical stuff yes. that's been happening and opening. Yes. And she said to get with you on what I'm supposed to be doing here. Yes. So that's part of... Yes, very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That has to come first. Let it break you. Okay. It, it will break you. Okay. It, it, you'll discover that me doing stuff is stopping grace. I am the problem. Okay. Not the one doing it. Okay. You have to see that for yourself. Okay. Not, you know, not as a jack concept, but you actually right. have to like, oh, holy shit. It's one of those things. I'm the problem. <laughs> I'm the problem. Okay. I'm actually helpless and hopeless. Like, I'm the issue here. Okay. For you to see that, hmm, I'd like that. Okay. That brings up some. I bet. <laughs> I bet. The impotency yeah. of the human effort. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's the flip side of being the one who's capable, you know? Mm -hmm. It's the flip side. And, and, and it's, it's Grace saying, really? Really? You really think? You know? <laughs> who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, who the hell are you? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So the authority has to shift from you as Tammy or you the observer to pure consciousness. The authority has to shift. Okay. So it has to be taken from you and it's going to get pulled. Okay. Sir, never mind. That was a controlling question, never mind. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'll trust. Yeah, 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 yeah. The letting go. Let the letting go begin, huh? The real letting go. Right, right. And remember humility. Okay. You might feel humility a bit different now at the end of this conversation. You know, it's the humility of like, I'm completely impotent and arrogant thinking that I could ever help myself to wake up at all, actually. That's good to hear. That's, that's mm -hmm. humility. <clears throat> okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. And then the exquisiteness of what's real just has nothing to prove. Right. It's not bothered of whether or not time it wakes up doesn't care. It's only an issue for her. Right, right. Okay. There's not more, you know, divine or less divine anything if you wake up or don't wake up. Right. 
just said about being awake. It's neither good nor bad, but yet we're all here to be awake. We all yeah. want it. There's something that's pulling us. There's something that's pulling us, yeah. Right. But my question has to do, it's kind of shifting gears a little bit. Sure. Um, it's health-related. So how do you use health issues to help you in that journey? Because I'm all of a sudden coming up with all these health issues. Mm. And... Um, I don't want them. That's where we start. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want them, and I'm convinced, despite what doctors say, that I'm not going to have them, and I'm going to be able to get off medications. And so I, I really, I don't know where I'm going with this question. Yeah. But I'm here because I think you might have some insight on that, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. Is that appropriate? Sure. I mean, it's all appropriate. (laughs) It goes whatever way it goes. Okay. Is it attachment to good health or attachment to the body, attachment to being alive? Attachment to being alive. So do you know you're going to die someday? Like, really, do you know you're going to die? I don't know that I'm... Yes, I, of course, I do know I'm going to die. Like, everyone in this room is going to die. I know that. Yes. Um, sometimes I kind of play in my head. It's interesting, I didn't think of that. Sometimes I play in my head and I think, um, all these good things are happening to me in my life. There's a lot of really amazing things happening in my life right now. And I go, that's good because they're happening now because I'm going to die soon. Yes. Yes. So I guess, yeah, I guess it's attachment to life and not wanting that, but wanting to really live as long and as joyously as I can. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a... I don't think I'm attached to my body. I, I'm not really sure what that means. I'm, I've always watched my arrogance, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't think I'm attached to my body. It's okay. Just more. I have two daughters that are that have really bad relationship right now. I talked to Connie a little bit earlier, and there's a real similarity there. And, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not, this, not the details, but the, certain, the, the situation. Yeah. You know, and I, I want to live to a point where I know this will change. I know it's all for the good. I know it will change. I'm not trying to change it. Yes. But I want to be around when that happens. I want to witness it. You know, so there's so many good things that I want to look forward to. 
Yes. And I am looking forward to them. Okay. But then I think about my heart. And I, uh, you know, I'm potentially a stroke victim. I mean, uh, okay. I'm not victim. Um, candidate. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I got osteoporosis, so my bones. You know, if I don't do this, if I don't do that, they're gonna get weaker and weaker. Eh. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. Um. So, a couple other things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, if you've got a healthy relationship with your body, you love it and you take care of it, mm-hmm. then park that there. Just park it. Park that fear. Yeah, the the like. Like in those thoughts, come just. Absolutely, yeah. it's like, look, right. I'm taking care of it. I'm I'm doing the best I can. That's it. Can I lift weights every day for osteoporosis? Huh? Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and park it. Mm-hmm. Just like, this is what I can do, this is the best I can do, that's it. Mm-hmm. Park it. Mm-hmm. I can revisit it in six months' time and just say, okay, could I change my lifestyle another bit? Mm-hmm. But park it there. There's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Becoming obsessed about, about your health. You're going to miss life. Right. It, it's not an obsession yet. Okay, it's good. It's not an obsession Good. Yet. All right. But it's just occasionally it's like creeps yeah, in and going, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, it's just starting. Yeah. So become the manager of your body. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Looking forward to things. That's very healthy. That's fine. Why not? That's, why not? Right. Will you be taken out at some point? Yeah. But whatever we love, it's never enough. <laughs> it's never enough. That, that's the condition. And if you love living, you'll never live long enough. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Mm-hmm. That's the deal. Like, mm-hmm. if you love your cat and your cat's dying, you won't have had long enough with your cat. Mm-hmm. It's just the deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I never thought of it. That you know? So, yeah, there'll always be that love for life or experiencing new things or looking mm-hmm. forward. And it's like, that's just how love plays. Mm-hmm. That's how the relationship with it plays. It will never be enough. That's fine. But it's going to stop. Mm-hmm. And, it, and on to something else. At that point. Absolutely. And on to something else. You know? But the thing is, like, when you go to sleep at night, you switch down. Switch off and, like, in another gear. Mm-hmm. It's gone. The experiencing, as you know it during the day, the Marnie life is gone. Right. And you're asleep. And it's fine. And it is fine. It's totally fine. You know? So when you're gone, you don't know that you're missing. Right. You're gone. You're right. not. There isn't even enough of you there to know that you're absent. Mm-hmm. So what's the problem? Mm-hmm. So if you do die, what's the problem? It's a shift in thinking. Um, there is no problem. There really isn't. There is no problem. There really isn't. It's only a projection, it's a projection. from when you're alive. It's a projection from when I'm alive. Yeah. yeah. I see that. I see that. You see? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Death is fine. It's funny. I know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, good. I know that. Good. However, <laughs> however, yes. Yeah. So the mind is playing some tricks with you. Yeah. This is better than that. Right. And without this, that would be awful. You know. Yeah. And yeah. it's that they're just thoughts that are screwing up your present moment. Actually, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Because when it stops, it could be fine. Right. And so, be present with the joy of it all for as long as you're here. And then as far as this other thought, which is 
I have power to change this. Yeah. I, it, that it's almost an obsession. Okay. It's almost an obsession. Okay. It's 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 um. Mm. I don't. I'm not going to have to be on medication. I'm going to do. I'm going to go find a shaman somewhere and be fixed and. Yes. You know, and, and my heart. It's just because just some love issues, and I need to get over that, and it's going to be fine. You know, the doctor said no, it won't be fine. You know, but there's a there's a part of me that just it's I'm not sure it's an obsession as much as it is it is a strong resistance. Yes. That I will be fine. I will get over this and I will be normal again. Yes. Until the next one. The next one. And then and that too. Then I'll do that with that. And then we'll do that again and find another yeah. shaman and get him out another yeah. America. Okay. Yeah. And it keeps going. Yes. Mm, yeah. So I just have a really hard time accepting it. I yeah. just have a really hard time accepting it. Yeah. I don't want to accept it. Yeah, you don't want to accept it. No. You know, healing for you, Marnie, is much more potent if there is acceptance and then you go about healing yourself. If you bring right. the energy of resistance into your healing, right. it won't work. This is for you. Yeah, I hear you. You. I hear you. That's helpful. With an acceptance, you'll find an object of potency. You'll be able to hear what, what you've got to do. And the, uh, end of the end result will be the end result, whatever the end result is. It will. Is. It will. But we can short-circuit it a little bit if acceptance can come to you. Makes sense. So acceptance is not like victim. It's not. It's none of that stuff. No. It's like, all right, this is this is what my body is experiencing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I need to be the manager of this, mm -hmm. and we need to find a way mm -hmm. for to give this as much support as it can do mm -hmm. to enable it to heal itself. Mm -hmm. All right. What mm -hmm. do we have to do here? Mm -hmm. So from acceptance, you can do that, mm -hmm. but from resistance. You're, you're going to be putting toxicity into your body. You'll be misreading what your body needs. It's not going to work for you. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. That's yeah. really helpful. Yeah. Sure. I think I knew it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It will, when, when, I, I when I hit the nail on the head, you'll know it. It's like, yeah. I knew this. Yeah. I knew this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Because I'm only reading. I'm only reading what's inside you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, you're very welcome. Do you want to talk about fear? That woman who was speaking a while ago. Meet O'Keefe, and I thought it was Georgia O'Keefe. Oh, you're kidding! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And she was dead, so I was kind of scared. So. Yes. Might still be. I do. Thank you. That was 
one of my fears. <laughs> um, so how do you know the difference between enlightenment, like you're going, you're becoming aware versus you're just going crazy or menopause? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and I'm not trying to, I mean, I'm serious. I know, I know you're serious. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait. So the mic has to go really close to you. Because did you guys okay. hear that? No. Yeah. Is a question? Yes and no. Oh, you want me to say it again? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. I asked what the difference is between a be- becoming aware, going through the process, and going thinking you're bat crap crazy or me- going through menopause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or all of the above. Don't give me all three at the same time. Yeah. Yes, that can happen too. They're all experiences to be had. And sometimes you just got to muddle through it. But everything is pointing in the same direction. Everything is. There is only the cycle of going into the illusion and waking up out of the illusion. There is just that cycle. That's what we're all doing. At some, wherever we are on the wheel of, you know, and and everybody here, you wouldn't be here unless you're coming out of it, unless somehow you discovered that, oh my God, life life actually isn't working or there's something off with it or there's something off about my perception or, or you've started to wake up and see things from another point of view. So... So while the whole planet is, is somewhere along the cycle, we're on the second half of it. Okay. So then the body comes in and does wacky stuff, and then you don't know, like, is this an awakening experience, or is it just plain all madness? Is it just a chemical imbalance? I don't have any one way to know because whatever your experience is that's what you're learning that's the experience you need to have everything is used by grace everything even wacky hormones fuzzy brain the whole lot of it it's all used by grace to show you what's real and what's not real even you know what you can call the deepest knowing and the deepest stillness inside you. Six months later, you can go, really? I heard that voice inside and I really thought that that was the essence of what I was talking to me. And now I know it was me being a bit wacky. That's fine too. That's fine too. You can only trust what you have. But if you... If you go into the zone of, of not trusting anything, then the best approach would be one that was advocated by, I'm not sure if you know this guy called Nisargadatta Maharaj. Have you come across this guy? Okay. He's passed away now. Um, he's an Indian guy who used to say, not this, not this, not this. He just negated everything. Everything. So if there is huge doubt... So like at one end of the spectrum, yeah, I can use this. This is fuzzy brain, but I can use this to kind of step back. If you can use it all to wake up, fine. 
But if really the doubt is huge and the questioning is huge, then reject everything. Because otherwise, self-doubting is what you're doing. And if it's gone into self-doubting, reject all of it. Doubt all of it. Do it wholeheartedly. Do you see? Am I making sense? Not really? No, I kind of understand what you're saying, but everything that's coming to me, I, there's not a, a fear. Um, it's like I'm getting all of the answers to things that have happened to me in my life through a film strip, kind of. Yeah. Or, or and, and it all, all, like, everything is starting to come together. Like, something that happened to me um, four years ago, I actually had a, had it happen to me prior to that, but it was more of a, a premonition or a, a, yeah. a lucid dream. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's, and I, I'm hearing like vibrations in my ear uh -huh. and, you know, do I have like, you know, that ear problem or, so it's just, it's, it's, it's difficult to manage because it's coming out at once. Yeah. Like the last, I think it's been coming years, but now I'm starting to become aware of it, I guess. Um, and I don't know. I'm fear. It's fear. Yes. Yes. I'm it's fear, fear. To, to let that go. Yes. And really yes. accept that, that this, whatever's happening to me, this psychic ability or this, I can't even explain it. But just like weird stuff. Yeah. Just weird. Um, it's like putting a puzzle together. And I'm a very creative. So then I look at, is it is it a creative thing that's going on? Oh. Hey, E, will you? That's my, my alarm. I'm sorry. No problem. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, I'm not, I don't know how to manage all of this coming to me at once. Okay. What are you afraid of? What's wrong with all that stuff happening? <coughs> I think it's great. <laughs> uh, I, I'm afraid that, that I'm going to get pulled into something that, um, that's unfamiliar, I guess. What's wrong with that? I guess I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of losing my identity. But it's going to go. Okay. It's going to, it's going to, you're either going to have to surrender or to get pulled from you. Okay. Well, there you go. I, I don't, I, I guess, it, it, I don't know, I just, I don't know. I guess I don't, I just don't know how to manage it yet. Um, and there is a concern, like I read the other day, that there's a fine line between psychosis and enlightenment. And I thought that was a brilliant <laughs> comment because that's true. It's like, am I going crazy? Is this really happening? Or is my creative abilities just taking me to another part of my life that, that I'm unfamiliar with? Um, I don't think you're going bonkers. Okay. I, I don't see that around you. Right okay. now, anyway, I don't see that around you. Okay. Uh, yeah, things are shifting and changing and a huge transition is happening. Welcome it. 
Welcome it. Let it take you. See where it can go. See how deep it can go. What's the worst thing that can happen to you? Well, I'll tell you that I, 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 I'm starting to see other people's behavior and, and a similarity. And like, oh, wow, I used to act like that. And now I get it. Now I see myself. And now I feel more compassion that that person hasn't gotten to the, the next level yet. Yeah. And I was watching a, um, a, this college show called Therapist on TV. And um, he, the therapist was interviewing this rap star and uh, named Prodigy. And this was, you know, an African-American big, you know, rapper. I mean, unlike myself, obviously. But we, we had the exact same situations in our life happen. Yeah. And to a point where when I got through watching the show, and I've never done this before, I thought, God, I would love to talk to that guy. So I researched it, and he had died two weeks after making that show. And it just broke me. Ah. I just cried. Because I thought... He, because he was going through this awareness stage. Yes. And he had very similar situations. And I'm like, am I dying? Is this, you know? And I've had four near-death experiences already. And I was told that, not told, but one of my visions was that, um, that every death that, near-death experience was how I really died in a past life. Yeah. And I'm given a second chance to live out and see what I can do with my life. Yes. And so, which I'm like, that's just, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I watched this, and this guy had so much similarities with me. And then he died. And I'm like, okay. So don't make that about you. That was his path. He died. Yeah. Don't make it about you. Okay. So that's why my fear of, of getting to this next, whatever's happening to me, and, and um, is is just frightening because I'm I'm I I'm not quite ready to go yet. When would you be ready? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. when I can learn how to love unconditionally 100%. But that will come as part of it. Is that what this is about? I mean, this is that what total awareness. Do you ever get to a total awareness or total enlightenment? And that's what it is, just 100% compassion and love? Uh, it's that and more, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a more to it. So there's more. Sure, because there's a deeper than love. Do you want to enlighten me on what that is? (laughs) (laughs) Anything that can be named, there's a place, a place, the stupid word, because that's naming something. Anything that can be named, there's a deeper than that. Like an outside of that, a, a prior to that. Okay. 
I'm not supposed to understand that right now. No, but some part of you knows it. Okay. It's, and all of this is about our brains playing catch-up with what we already know. You know, that you as pure consciousness knows what I'm talking about. And enlightenment is for the mind. It's Awakening is for the brain. It's for the mind. I'm kind of using them as if they're the same thing there. But, but really, they pretty much are for, for this purpose. You know? It really is about a shift in our brains so that it functions differently, so that our thinking process doesn't create our experience and that that's the only experience, that your thoughts are then just used to, to let functioning happen in the world. But you know that this isn't real. You just know that this isn't real, so that you're not real and that none of it is real, but it's just a game and it's fine. And we play the game and it gets light. But there's an outside of all of it that doesn't know shit about this. I mean, really doesn't know about this. There's, a, there's, a, there's an outside of all of it. The outside of all of it that doesn't know about this. This isn't anywhere. This isn't happening. This is just made up by our minds. And seeing that for yourself is what waking up is. And then you're concerned about your identity, which is a little dot in the middle of this huge movie that's being imagined by, by all of our minds, you know? By pure consciousness through the human, through its creation, through, through the mind. You see? So you as pure consciousness, you as capital R reality, your true nature, it's not concerned about losing your identity. It's not concerned about going bonkers. It's not. It's maneuvering a piece of energy so that, so that the belief that you are something other than capital R reality can break down. And whatever it energetically is shifting, your mind can only turn it into a story. Because our minds are all about story. We communicate through story. Everything is about putting a label on something, a word on something, and we string the words together and we make a story. That's how we function. So the energy that's transforming in order for you to, to, to drop back into what you really are, the, the transition that that energy is going through is being turned into story. And your mind is attaching to the story as if that's the issue. It's not. Your experiences are secondary to what's really happening. They're secondary. Don't give them any more potency. They're not really about what's going on. They're just your mind trying to make sense of the shifts that are happening at a deeper level. So the need to understand it is a bit of a block right now. So just accept it, don't try to rationalize it, don't try to do it, just let go and just... I would. Okay. I would let go and tr stop trying to make sense out of it. And certain things will naturally, oh, okay, that makes sense, because your mind will automatically join A to B and get C. It will, and you'll have these eureka moments, and you'll mm -hmm. see things, and understandings will come. If they happen organically, fine. Don't look for them. Don't look for them. Just like, I'm not quite sure what's going on. It looks like that, but I'm not putting any extra meaning on it. Okay. And go about your stuff and let change happen. Let change happen. It's a beautiful transition. It's beautiful. Okay. What's happening to you? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's beautiful. But you're going to have to trust. Okay. 
you're going to have to allow your identity to change and welcome what is unknown. Okay. Let everything change. Let it change. Okay. And you've enough common sense to kind of make sure there's a roof over your head and that things are stable, you know? Right. You've got common sense. Let that stay in place, you know? So that you can manage to live, you know? <clears throat> That's common sense. That's just normal wisdom. We'll keep that in place. But trying to make sense and meaning, it's like, no. But express. Use, use whatever creative mediums you have to express it. Just uh, let that be the place if you need a reference point. Let it come out through something creative rather than logic and uh, cause and effect. Don't look for meaning intellectually. Let expression come through creatively. Okay. That'll work much better for you. Much better for you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. Sure. Everybody's a bit different, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing how the paths are, are different. Yeah. So where are you looking from now? Where are you looking from? Are you in me, myself, I? Are you seeing separation? Are you in judgment? Is there kind of nothing at all going on in your mind? Are you protecting yourself? Are you self-conscious? Are you running an old story? What's going on right now? Where are you looking from? there be nothing going on inside and just seeing is happening but not labeling of what's being seen just seeing is happening breathing is happening without I'm taking an in breath I'm taking an out breath you know just breathing is happening seeing is happening but there's no labeling no controller no let it be soft There's stillness? Yay. Compassion. Compassion for or just compassion itself? For people, yeah. Being human, yeah. Identifying with so many different people. Ah. Where you come in and you feel like you've got this problem, but then you listen to everybody else and you want to sit up there, but it's like my mind's going, and it's asteroids right now because I can totally relate to this one. I can totally relate to this one. I can totally, I get it. I, you know, I identify with each and every one. Lots of, I'm afraid to lose the I am. I have osteoporosis and I've been dealing with health issues, you know? And it's like, yes. you want to get up there, but I have no idea what to say because this, it's everything. Yes. I want to say at the same time. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. You know, and I yes. do have my own story and I don't want to attach to that story because yes. 
It's only one. That's right. That's right. Aspect. And that's right. And so yeah, it's like I I I, I want to talk about this. There's too many things that I have to, but everything. Yes. And so I'm going to become. You know, I'm going to sound incoherent <laughs> yes. and totally crazy. Yes. Because I can relate to all of that. It was yes. my cause, and then I give my little fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, there is it. You know, yes. breakdown of everything where you just feel like you're starting all over and you have no idea who you are. Yes. And you're grasping, but you know, you shouldn't grasp, you should just be. But I'm everything. The same time, I'm not all of you. Yes. Is it you have no idea who you are, or you have, or you really know who you are, but kind of fearful to be that person? I guess you know when Tammy was talking about the I am, I've always connected my whole life with I am, like the first part of my life. I am a singer, and I never let anybody tell me different. And I and I became that. I mean, I was since I was a little girl entertaining and singing. And then I stopped that at like 30, 35, and went back to finish my degree that I dropped out of school to become a singer after college and went on the road and you know, drugs, alcohol, everything else. And then I went back to school and I was a student. And <coughs> I I actually had a brain left, which was amazing. And I, and my teachers were all saying, you're a writer, and I went to Oxford, and got on a scholarship, and I was a writer, you know, and I wanted to be a writer. But then you get out of school, and you have to have a real job, because you can't just say, I'm a writer, you know, I relate to Wordsworth, and Emerson, I'm a, I'm a person that lives in the woods, and I'm, I'm, it's the only place I don't feel alone, is in the woods. I feel always alone with a group of people, until today, when I <laughs> Because I can identify. So then I became a college professor, and until I basically, and I ran, I ran like from love my whole life, and left like 50 men, you know, because I was afraid because whatever stuff happened in my family. But, and then I had a breakdown a year ago, and I've been afraid of everything, everything, being with people. I'm, I'm petrified. Being I'm on stage again, I'm petrified. I, I mean, I was singing for the Kennedys up in Boston. I now it's like, uh, and I was a good teacher, but I just, I just ended up in the hospital and I almost died. And when everybody's talking about fear of death, I was like, I wanted to die. I, I figured I'm done. I'm done. And my and the man that came back into my life that I had left, one of them, the only, and. He came back and he saved me. And it was like I was angry at him because he saved me. I'm no, I'm, I, I almost died several times too. Why did I live? And this time it was like, no, this time I'm in my 50s. I can't do I've got osteoporosis. I can't sing anymore. I can't teach anymore. I'm afraid to do everything. I'd rather be on the other side. You know, Prince said, there's an afterlife. And it was glorious. You know, how we got supposed to be there. He's so good to me. 
and I have an opportunity to go on stage again. But I panicked, panic attack, panic attack. I couldn't breathe, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't breathe. I can't sing, I can't, I can't do this. And I don't know who I am because now I'm not a student. I met him. He wants me to be a writer because that's what I always wanted to be, and that's what everybody told me I am. But I'm petrified because it's like oh, I'm not Henry David Thoreau, I'm not Emerson, I'm not, I'm not that you know all of my favorites, Wordsworth, all the classics, and so I'm scared to do that. So what do I do? I sit there and I I go to the woods and I just want to be a butterfly, you know, <laughs> and I want to be my dog chasing the butterflies. How easy it is for just a dog. Look, and he's just so intrigued with this butterfly. This is awesome. You know, I want to be that, but I don't know who I am anymore. And I met Marilyn, and Marilyn brought me here, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm sorry if I get really, because yeah, I can't detach from my emotions. It's like I just want to cry, and I want to cry for everybody butterflies do it but the direction to come from inside you only you've done it they, I'm a singer I'm a writer I'm a teacher I'm a and you know reflecting that out and it coming back in that worked for you for a while it's not going to work for you anymore so you can't look for your reference point or your identity outside anymore it's not there that phase is over but listening to your gut and learning how to trust it, that has to happen for your life to, 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 to blossom again in whatever way it will. It's going to look different. You've got to stop judging it. You've got to stop judging it. If it's authentic and it's yours, then it's fantastic. Then it's as good as it's going to get. 
It doesn't matter how it looks. You've got to drop that. You've got to drop that one. Because you'll just be living for an external value system and you'll lose track of honouring you. You see? You grow up growing up in a family, a large family, Boston's, you know, lots of drinking, they're Irish Catholic, and a lot of you know, yelling and screaming, and I, and I was just there to, to, to help everybody as the baby, and it's like, I, but then you get to a point where you can't, you don't know who you are, and you can't help yourself. And you don't know how to do it. Because you're always doing it. That's, that was my purpose, you know? That, that, that life is gone. It's gone. And if you bring any residue from your old life, you're dishonoring yourself. You have a fantastic second chance. Fantastic. But it's going to get, take a bit of getting used to. And it's going to be day by day to learn how to, what do I need to do for me now? What do I need to do? Without the judgment, without the, ah, I should be, I should be. It's like, I got to turn that volume down off that and I'm going to honor this today. Nothing else. You'll have to learn how to do that. You'll have to teach yourself how to think in that way. I've been seeing a, a therapist, a counselor. And yeah. She's been, what did you do for you today? Because every time I try to do it, but I should make dinner for Richard. I should have this. I should yeah, yeah. the house. I should, because I'm not doing this. You know, I'm not working right now. So it's like, but I should be doing this. But I have when you said should, but I should be doing. Don't should yourself. Just don't should yourself. Just stop it. It's toxic. It's toxic. Don't hurt yourself anymore. Enough. 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 If anybody here has a habit of hurting themselves, please stop it. Just stop it. There's nothing to be gained by it. It, it, it endorses some belief you have about yourself that you inherited from somebody. That's all it's doing. Just stop it. There's, there's, it, it doesn't come to a resolution. You just have to stop it. Pardon? I said one mother to another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And so are you scared of your own light, of your own magnificence? Are you scared of your own divine energy, what that might look like, what that might do to your phenomenal human life? Are you scared of that? No? Okay. All right. So then don't entertain anything else. Why would you entertain anything else? Whatever moves through you from that stillness, you're either going to honor that or you're going to honor your mind's version. If you're not scared of your divine essence, if you're not scared of it, let it run amok. Let it take over, surrender to it, step, get out of the way. Get out of the way. And how, how that divine essence plays out is that it's like, it's deeper than intuition, but it might feel like intuition if you're not familiar with it. And that deeper place of where your mind is, is picking up something after the movement has started. You know, it's like, oh God, I, I, I got to go there. Your mind is, is secondary. You know? you know, your mind is picking it up after the movement has started. It's like your mind is just realizing that this is what you're doing. There's a pull to do something or there's a movement or there's like... Oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing such and such a thing. I'm like, oh, and your mind is secondary. That's when you know. That's it. That's pure consciousness moving through the form. And instead of your mind directing it, that this movement came. Now, if you have really bad habits, watch it, because really bad habits can be, hello, come on in, whoever's out there. You can see somebody in the mirror. It's a food drop, is it? Probably, I see. Uh, okay. Derek, can you check that out, sweetie? Thanks. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Recognizing the movement from inside, from your divine nature. If you are new to this path, and if you have bad habits or addictions, you're going to feel that that's the automatic movement. You know? So you've got to figure out, no, no, I'm kidding myself here. It's about becoming more self-aware, becoming more honest. So it's like, no, that's just a bad habit. That's me being destructive to myself. That's me hurting myself. That's me criticizing myself. That's not a movement from within. That's just a bad habit. All right, let's get still inside. What's the deepest movement here? What does my deepest inner knowing tell me to do about my marriage, my job, this very moment, whether or not I should go to that event next weekend? What's the deepest part of me say? What's the stirring there? And your mind won't like it. And do it anyway. Because <laughs> otherwise your mind is just still in charge. You know? And you're not pushing through anything. You're not developing courage. You're not surrendering. You're not... You're just saying, I hear you. God, universe, divine essence. Call it what you like. It doesn't matter what you call it. Emptiness. It doesn't matter. I hear you. But... but I'm too scared. I'm, I'm going to you know, keep protecting myself. I'm going to do it better. I, I want to control the outcome here, so I'm going to do this. 
And this is the crap that keeps you suffering. But if you're able to hear the inside movement, why on earth wouldn't you honour it? Why would you go against the, the, the perfection of the core of your being? Why? Because it is only perfect. But your mind can't control it. You see? Your mind has to bow down to that. But the mind is so used to being in charge and imagining that it's keeping you safe that it will hijack everything and be convinced that it's the boss. You see? So whom do you serve? Whom do you serve? But what if you don't hear anything? Yeah. Can you, what, how, how still can you get? Can, can you find silence inside? All right, start hanging out there. Start hanging out there. And just avoiding the thoughts and yeah. keeping silent, but then think about what you're trying to solve? Um, okay, so the, the, the stillness, it takes over, for some people, for some people it kicks in quite early, to give an action and others it takes eons so it's fine there's no there's nothing wrong or right it's just a sequence of how it happens there are some teachers who are awake who don't follow it like it's like following that it's an advanced stage but i want to give you the whole spectrum because you can get snippets of that when you're at an early stage too so i'm covering the whole thing so the more you can be in silence and the more that you're okay without being a slave of your mind, the better. If there is absolutely no movement from it, fine. Fine. The fact that you are available to it is hugely potent. Hugely potent. That you're willing to just give time to not be a slave of your mind. Change happens when you hang out in the stillness. And it might be, whoa, there's my mind, okay, okay, I can hear my mind, it's over there, but there's some kind of awareness of stillness, of something deeper than it. That would be fantastic. For you, that would be fantastic. It's like, there's my mind, but deeper than that, yeah, there's something that I can't really say what it is, but there's something that's deeper than my mind. Stay there. Stay there. If you can do that 10 minutes, three times a day, that would be really great. Really great. Leave space for that to percolate and for that to get bigger. When it starts directing your life, not concerned. It's about it being, it having um, space, it being honoured. Sometimes it's kind of seamless that, that it informs your mind. Sometimes it goes like that. And sometimes you're sitting in the stillness and then whoops, up comes fear. And it's like, that could easily be waiting for you. And it's like, all right, okay, deeper than that. Let's go deeper than the fear. What's beneath that? What's beneath the fear? It will start to direct things. It will. But sometimes it doesn't come as like, oh, I need to do this. Sometimes it doesn't come like that. But the more you hang there, the more it can get into your cells. The more stillness will 
You go from tension or anxiety into absolute just stillness and calm and some kind of certainty or knowing. That's genuine. That's not based on kind of being um, better than or in any way connected to the outside world story. Am I making sense? For you, it's about it showing itself. Just the, the stillness showing itself. It's like waiting for the ripples in the, in the, in the, in the lake to stop. That kind of thing for you. It gets calmer and calmer and calmer. And stay there. Yeah. And some days it'll just be like so much crap going on in your head that you can't find it. Like, that's okay. Those days happen, you know? Just like, okay, I'm sitting at the edge of the lake. Let's just watch it, watch it, watch it until it's absolutely still and silent. Some visual like that might be useful too. You know, and just complete and total nothing. Silence, stillness. That'd be great for you, actually. <laughs> yeah, and that, that'll really help. Yeah, it'll weaken your mind, you know? The thinking mind, the part that doesn't help. Mm. Well, we have some that. It's there. Kind of throwing things out at every level. Are, are, are you kind of mapping, finding a map a bit? Okay. Okay, good. It's ready. It's ready? Okay. We'll we, we, we organically know. Just don't go too far, you know? Eat here if you can. Just stay in the soup because there's, there's an energy here and, and stay in the soup if you can, you know? If you need to go out, just do your business and come in again. Just stay in the soup and, and we'll, we'll come together again. All right, enjoy lunch. Okay, and we're back. Good afternoon. <clears throat> I brought the harmonium, so we might chant at some point. Let's see how it goes. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> so see if your body's relaxed. So there's the mind, there's the body, and you are neither of those. Those things come and go. You are neither of them. And there's an inner knowing, an inner stillness that's deeper than thought. It's a knowing where you don't know what you know. It's just a knowing. And it's still. And it's outside of time.
And it's actually there, whether you tune into it or not. It doesn't need you to tune into it. And that stillness is more of what you are. It's more true to say that you are that. Rather than to say you are such and such a person, such and such a height, such and such a gender. That inner stillness, that's your true nature. That's your true nature. The rest is just a product of experiences and life. Rest in your true nature as often as you can. It's outside of this movie of life. It's outside of all of it. If that's as deep as you can go, that's perfectly fine. But if you can go deeper than this, deeper than that immovable stillness, if you can go deeper, then drop the idea that you are anything. Drop the idea that you are divine essence. That that stillness is your true nature. I'm contradicting what I said a minute ago, but this is what happens when you go deeper than that. There is no you anywhere. There is no need for you to rest anywhere, the idea of you being a person or being God. Both go. No identity at all. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And any idea of what nothing is, get rid of that too. Gone. Beyond all of it.
deep as you can go. Just stay there for a few minutes. mind pops up, just go deeper than that, deeper than that. Go to nothingness itself and let the idea of nothing disappear also. Don't fall asleep. Into the depth of stillness. And deeper than that. Outside of all story. Even the story of boredom outside of that. As deep and as still as you can access. Let it take you. So however deep that you're able to access There is still a capacity for these words to reach you. Stay in the depth. Let the words come to you. Don't jump out and grab the words and go into the story of words. Stay in the depth. Let life come to you. Stay inside. And if it feels still inside, and if your eyes are closed, in your own time, open them. So that visual stimulation will naturally come to you, but don't go into story. 
don't go into labouring. Just vision is happening, you know, there's a visual capacity going on in the body. Don't make it story. It's like a soft seeing. Stay inside. It's a good skill to have that you can stay on the inside and your eyes can be open. That your eyes are not a trigger for getting involved in me and my world and the events of the day. However deep you can access is not influenced in any way by your vision. So that the stillness inside, you learn how to access it regardless of the outside circumstances. Let there be chaos, let there be, you know, a sunset in front of you. Doesn't matter. Find what's the same inside yourself, constant, unchanging stillness. Where there's no story. where there's nothing lacking. It just is. And if it's deeper than that, great. And see if you can move your hands a little bit or flex your fingers. Just move something and see if that stimulation is going to turn you into story. Stay in the stillness and move your hands. Can your brain give an, you know, a, an order, a signal to your muscles, to your nerve endings? Can all of that happen but yet you stay in the stillness inside? This is one way of learning how to be in a meditative state all day. And it's one way to make sure that no story starts up. You can't get caught in drama if, if you're in the stillness. You, what story is of interest to you? Let the stories be so far away, so far away, like that you couldn't find the energy to kind of leave the stillness to go into drama. After a while, it becomes such an effort to go into story. that You just can't muster up the energy to get caught in story. It's just like, 
What would you do that for? Seems so inefficient. You know, inefficient. Stay in the stillness. Learn how to live from there. Learn how to do a job, even if it's dynamic and, you know, requires a lot of your personality to be animated. You can stay in the stillness and have that animation going on on top and not, not leave the stillness at all. You can even be in an argument with somebody and be totally in the stillness. Life isn't the issue. It's only an excuse. These are things you can practice just to rewire your brain so that you can function in the world and be not in story. We have to learn how to do it because we've forgotten. We were there as kids though. We were there. Just spontaneously doing the next thing that was happening. In total innocence and open vulnerability. So you do have some muscle memory around that. Anybody find they could not access any stillness? All right, good. So from the stillness, I'd love if you could feel the shift that you need to do in your brain in order to go into your own story. Like if you turn on a bit of personal drama right now, oh, I hate my job, or oh, I'm nervous about this, or oh, I, you know. If you turn that on and feel the shift, if you can feel that shift in your head of what happens when you go into my story. If you can feel the discomfort of it, or does it feel, oh, great, entertainment, me, myself, I again. Which one is it for you? Do you love your story? Even if it's painful, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the familiarity is where the comfort is, very often. Do you love running your story? Do you love thinking about your own drama? Most do, if they're honest.
So your interest in your own drama has to fall away. You, you, you have to see that that's just a poison, a poison. <laughs> you know? It just keeps the personal eye going and it keeps suffering going. That's all it does. So leave the my story and go back into the stillness. See if you can make these shifts. And if you're not a meditator, it might be kind of tricky, but it's worth doing it. done with the me, myself, I story. Can you change your relationship with that pattern of running a story all about me? Because your story about yourself gives you attention from yourself, for sure, and probably from other people. Gives you identity, gives you a currency to connect in the world. All those things come with it. So if you're to give it up, you won't be getting those things either. You lose your status. You lose your identity. And is that all right? Can you go there? Honestly, can you go there? One thing is in theory, but really take this moment to explore. If I just stay in the stillness and don't make that shift into me and my drama, Turn on my little mini. You know, it's like a shift in perception, isn't it? It's like you're shifting into a place of where there's a soap opera on, but you're the lead role. It's like different TV channel or something, you know? <coughs> From like National Geographic to like <clears throat> something that's full on, <laughs> you know? If you can feel that shift and go, okay, that's, that's when it happens. That's what it's like and stay in the still one. Uh-huh. There's something that's bothering me about that. Yes, what's bothering you? What's bothering me is, um, we're here, we're humans. You said it's the currency with others. I like that. Yes. I want that. Yes. It's necessary. Is it really? <laughs> Have you been there feeling the absence of the currency? No. How was it horrible then? 
Can you call depression sort of that? No. Depression, yeah, depression is a different thing. Depression is, is when the only thoughts that are happening are about yourself. Everything is in relation to yourself. Do you know? Because it's, it's hell. So you're, you're absorbed with your own emotions and your own thoughts and everything is about you. You just can't get away from you at all, actually. But if you lose that sense of self that you're talking about, if you lose that sense of self, what are you connecting to in others? You're connecting with what's real. What's real in you only sees what's real in there, in them. And it's not drama to drama. It's not aloneness. No, it's not aloneness at all. That's where I'm getting confused. It's not aloneness at all. Aloneness is, is the experience with, with separation. Because things have to be divided in order for there to be something absent. So aloneness comes from absence. Something's missing. So in, in disconnecting from the, the drama part of yourself that gives you the currency, you might have to go through, go over a hurdle of fear to like, well, let's see what that would be like. There isn't anything missing because you're coming from the place of stillness and calmness and you're not needy. You don't need the currency to connect. You don't need their endorsement. You don't need anything. You don't need anything. And the freedom of that is incredible. You see? So it really doesn't matter how you connect with them because you're just present. And you'll have enough social skills to be able to engage naturally. But there's a bit of a leap of faith. And some friends might fall away. That's all right, too. But yes. if you have to separate yourself from those friends that, that do have a lot of drama, but you're saying that you need to see them without the drama, then why would they have to fall away? Yeah, they will fall away. It, it'll happen naturally. Because if, if, if it was drama connects with drama and, and you're operating from a different place, then the drama to drama connection, if that breaks and there's nothing else in the friendship, it will dissolve because they won't get fed. They won't get fed. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and if people are full of drama, they usually project and say it's something wrong with you, you know, and if that's how they go, that they're blaming you and bad-mouthing you, hey, that's fine. It doesn't matter the means by which they go. Be prepared to be misunderstood. That's kind of part of the territory. You get misunderstood all the time because, because egos have to project. It's always somebody else and not yourself. You see? So you'd be blamed for a lot, and it, it's like a joke. It's like, oh, how's this going to pan out? All right, okay, I'm the bad guy for ABCD. I see. It's just part of the course. It's a joke, really. I, I find it really funny. 
But in the beginning, it wasn't funny. It was like, oh no, I need this to be peaceful. Or this can't we just kind of can't there just be nice closure here? But not at all. That's how mind works. It needs somebody to be the bad guy because separation is so deep, and ego will always want itself to be right. So then you've got to be the bad guy, and that's fine. It's just, it's just drama. Yes. When you see drama, it's easy to understand. It's got a negative connotation to it, right? Drama. Drama. Well, it's it's kind of a phenomenon. Um, it serves its purpose when the world is working for us. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Because I think what you're saying is, as long as there's the am, I am, uh-huh. the, the marniness, yes, the jackness, yes. The, Yes. So the connection with it is what's changed, is what changes. So like the communication that's happening here, it's not drama, it's just an exploration of our true nature and weaving through so that we can find the essence of what's truth. Now, just letting it happen. Take out the neediness, take out the grasping, Take out the, oh, if I get this, I might wake up. Take away all of that. That's the drama. Take it away. This is an, or- yeah, the judging of it all. This is the organic unflowing of, flowing of today. The ego will want to get something. It always does. And you can go, yeah, I hear the part of me that wants to get something, but let it be less than 50%. If there can be more of me, that's just present. Just being present without being needy. Well done. The eye is a greedy gut. It always wants something better. You know it always wants something better. That's fine. But it's just like, yeah, that's, that's what it wants. You know, but are you going to support it and go behind it and, and let that be your, the flag that you're, you're waving? No. It's like, yeah, that's what that wants. You know, it's like, Last night I wanted a good night's sleep. I just wanted a good night's sleep. Do you know? Yeah, sure. But if it came or didn't come, actually, I'd be fine. Because very often I don't sleep well. So it's like, okay. Sleep came, sleep didn't come. It's great if it comes, and it's fine if it doesn't come. It really is fine if it doesn't come. Life goes on exactly the same. Or if it's not the same, I don't know. Do you know? So the, I'd like if that happened. Last night was running. But that's the end of it. That's the end of it. There's no assessment of, it's better if I did sleep well this morning. It's, it was gone. It was gone. It was like, gosh, I hope I sleep well. End of story. You see? So there'll always be those kind of preferences. But there's no grasping of consequences. There's no needing it to work out a certain way. You see?
So it's like leaving room for the, the you know, the, the part of the personality that's looking out for itself. Sure, it's looking out for itself. That's fine. It's fine. There's no attachment to it. And it's not going to deliver anything. It's just doing its thing. It's like the mind can be doing its thing, but you're not believing it. You're not following it. It's not in charge, but it's just doing its thing. It's kind of like that. Because your investment is someplace else. Your attention is someplace else. Dreaming, like daydreaming, fantasy? What? No, no, it's, it's not mine, I'm not controlling it, it's just there. Are you asleep? No. I'm like, like, we were trying just a while ago, dropping in, but it happens to be like, if I, if I nap or the uh, dead man's pose after yoga, like, oh, like there's a story there, like almost, and people usually waiting, like, for me to be in that state of consciousness, is that all it is, is that mine? I'm still trying to present a story to me where I'm not at that next level of being still or like in that super meditative phase of when there is, you know, you're, coherent, you're, you're present and aware and coherent, but there is like nothing. I, I guess it seems like there's a phase for me. Present and aware and coherent, but nothing. Is that? Separate to the dreaming, or the dreaming is superimposed on top of it? It goes from dreaming, and then I, I drop in past dream. Ah, okay. You. Okay. I've always been curious. I want to ask you about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your bridge into something deeper okay. is a dreaming phase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And but I'm awake. You're awake. Yeah. And in the dreaming phase, are you watching the dreaming phase, or does the dream have you, and then and then something it subsides? I'm, in I'm watching it. Do you know you're watching it? Okay, so there's something that's not completely caught in it. Correct. Yeah, okay. Okay. It's its own story, it has nothing to do with me. Yes, yes. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. That's your way of transitioning into the stillness. As long as you do get to the stillness after it. Uh -huh. Great. That's your way of, of getting into it. Yeah, yeah. Is that lucid dreaming? No, it's not. It's just, it's just the sequence that, that his mind goes through in order to disconnect from story. Uh, lucid dreaming is, is, is a different thing. It's a different thing, but it doesn't feel like that's what's going on in your mind. It's just you're transitioning in. Yeah, you're transitioning in. Um, when I started meditating first, uh, like, uh, and effectively meditating, because for years I would try to meditate and I'd be like, this is just nuts. My mind is just going bananas. I mean, I can sit and I can do this and have no attachment to the outcome, but my mind is just like, shopping list to what I have to do to yesterday to blah, 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 you know? And then I discovered that if I chanted, if I sang for 10 minutes, oh my God, the stillness was there. Otherwise, I might sit through an hour and I might get two minutes of silence, like. And once I discovered, oh my God, if I transition into it, it's much more accessible. It's like that. You've got a transition way to get into it. And for you, it's that dreaming, Thing, and then you find the stillness. 
So, yeah, so meditation begins after the dreaming phase. But yeah, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. It's just the way your brain works till you find the stillness. Yeah. 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 Any more questions from the floor on that? Yes. When you first started the meditation, um, when we closed our eyes and we were relaxing, um, I first you know, saw a lot of green light. And then as we were going deeper and deeper, uh, it transitioned into purple light. And I was kind of watching it swim around. And I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking, I was just kind of watching what it was doing. Um, if it was going to stay there, because sometimes it stays and sometimes it goes. Um, so I was watching it kind of fell up, and then it kind of then transitioned into a darker blue color. Um, but then it never really, it kind of stayed there. There was no, like, you were saying, go deeper, go deeper, and I'm like, I ain't going deeper, it's just staying right here, and I'm watching it. Yes. And maybe it was a little bit blackish in one area, but I didn't really know where I went deeper was. Yes. I always see color, um, and uh, it, it kind of, I mean, it's interesting how it goes, you know, like uh, through meditation where um, yeah, it's always like through meditation. Um, so, like, is that, like, what, like, how do you go deeper? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. is that, like, typical, the colors and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, some people can see colors. Not a lot, actually. But some people can see colors pretty clearly. The sequence of the colors I like. You know the chakra system and yeah, yeah which one is connected with which. Um, when you're seeing the color, okay, there in that example you were saying you were watching the color. What's your mind doing? Like, are you actively watching it? Are you judging it? How... how how does your mind connect with the color? I was just watching the dance. Okay. And move. Yeah. And the only thought I had was, if I had one, was will it stay? Will it fill in? Right. And then I slowly watched it progress. Yes. And then I just said, it is now a different color. So I was kind of more, yes. you know, not judgmental. I was just watching it. Just watching it. Okay. Okay. So what's before color? As soon as I shut my eyes, uh, the green was from below. Okay. And then it kind of came up. Okay. So there was, uh, as soon as I shut my eyes, it And so, and so, yeah. If I close my eyes normally, mm. um, it's black. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if, if, okay, so you went from green to that purple and to blue. If you were to ask what's deeper than that? When I'm meditating. Yeah, yeah, when, when the colors are doing their thing and you're, and you're in, you know? Like, what's deeper than that? And if nothing at all happens, yay! I'm looking for that stillness for you. That just nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. And to see what are you going to do with nothing? And can you do 
nothing with it? Can it just be there and see what it throws up? interpreting the colors, it's interpreting something and, and giving you a visual. And I want to bring you to the absolute still lake. So your mind is like, well, what, what, what the heck am I supposed to be doing then? What am I supposed to be doing? Do you know? And I'd love to create that split where like, okay, there's the mind. And then deeper than that. And it might turn into a sound like It might turn into something like that. For somebody else it would turn into a sense of spaciousness, but it would be better if it didn't, because you're a colour woman, it would be better not to let it go in that direction. Uh, less material for your mind is where it's going to go. And I want to open up some sensory device within yourself that is deeper than mind. So it's you as pure consciousness hearing something. Because right now it's your mind that hears it. And it can bring you a good bit the way, but your mind is the one that's picking up how you're doing. And I want to open up your perception as pure consciousness. This is the second time we're talking about the same thing coming from a very different <coughs> side. And you know that there's something that, that there's something. It's okay, we're knocking on the door of it. We're like, come on, let's shake it from here. Let's shake it from there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, your mind is just coming with you. You see, the thing is, your mind can do that and the mind can be hanging out in colours and watching it. But I'd love your capacity as consciousness itself to inform the mind, for your mind to pick up the echo of pure consciousness itself. That deeper stillness. Open empty, like outer space, kind of, like being pushed, 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 pushed out of the galaxy. These are the kind of bridges that, that make us leave this, the familiarity of, of where mind has come with you. And it's not that I want to set up different things for you to experience, I'm just kind of trying to break the limitations of your mind so that it might not want to come with you. 
Yeah. What's deeper than this? It's more what's deeper. Yeah. What's deeper than this? Because if we're looking for something phenomenal, your mind says, oh, I can do that. I can create another concept. I can create another scenario or another image and it might be useful in her life. And it's like, mm, actually, no, we're just going to leave all that. We'll leave you with the colors, mind. We'll leave you there. Let's see if something else shows itself. Let's see. So it's that kind of blank. You might get five seconds of it. Yay. I've just, let it be blank. Let there be nothing here. Just a tiny drop of that would be great. Just the availability that, that you will have so that pure consciousness can start sending an echo, an aroma to your brain. Am I really talking theoretical or are you getting a taste of it? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, yeah. It gets subtle, doesn't it? It's like the mind, man, the mind will really try to come as far as it can. It really will. You know? Not your mind, you know. Whatever it says ultimately will show itself to be garbage. What trash. Really, it's just rehashing different versions of the same conditioning. where the mind can't go, you know, and, and it tries so darn hard to go there, create anything at all, and it can get frantic and busy and panicky and everything to just try to, to, to not let go, but it's good for mind to know there's a place you can't go, there's a place you can't go, and if your mind knows that and it's, you know, if there is a sentence that's useful, that's, that's one of the useful sentences. There's a place you can't go, mind. Condition your mind, because your mind believes it can be in charge of everything because that's what it's always done. Kept you safe and, you know, managed everything. So to tell your mind, to condition it with a different story is a really good idea. There's a place you can't go. And if you spend a few days running that thought, Mind, there's a place you can't go. There's a place you can't go. It actually helps it to stop. It really works. You're just conditioning it with something that's useful. Another useful thing to condition your mind with is the sentence, there is no personal I. There is no personal I. If you keep saying that for a few days, it's like, oh, Eventually your mind will get it. There really is no personal I. It's just the thought, the thought of it every now and then trying to create itself. But without the thought being active, there is no personal I. There isn't. There isn't a personal I. It's only a thought. Only there when the thought is running. It's another good one to condition your mind with. 
Yes, Chester. Does the, does the human mind have its own self-hygienic mechanism for how to keep itself in, in place? Yeah. Be, that's what you're saying all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's constantly the defending the, itself. The bundle of our understanding yeah. has a defense mechanism to yes. hold itself in place. Yes. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's the self-preservation that the reason why we, we, you know, we'll knock off a mosquito or we'll, you know, drive safely. The, the mind is the very same thing. It has its own self-preservation thing. Learned habits. Functioning as yes. an individual entity. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and tell me if I if I'm not conveying your point correctly. Um, he's saying, is it that the mind has its own built-in mechanism to defend itself, to keep itself alive, to preserve itself? Because he said that's 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 what I hear you saying is that it's defending itself all the time, and it is. It it its own bundle of experiences has taught it that self-preservation is really important here. You're screwed if you don't protect yourself. And it hears that so much, especially if we've had a rough childhood. You're screwed if you don't protect yourself because there's nobody out there looking after you or whatever it is. So those of us who've had that kind of an influence in our childhood, our minds are going to fight tooth and nail to keep the idea of you alive because it's used to fighting. It's used to defending and pre preserving. And that's a natural thing for the mind to preserve itself just as we preserve our bodies from illness and we, you know, knock off a mosquito or whatever it is. We, we, we seek to preserve ourselves and stay healthy and life wanting to stay living. And the mind is no different. It's no different. It wants to hold on to its status quo. It wants to stay alive and hold on to the idea of you because it's worked so darn hard to get you this far. And then you're saying, sorry, mind, actually, you know, you're done now, you're done now, and we just need you for functioning, not for imagining, not for protection, not for any of those things anymore. We just need you for functioning. And it does not want to die. It doesn't want to die. And it can play vicious when its death is being threatened. It can play vicious. Can we use mind interchangeably with ego in that? In what you're explaining? You could. Okay. You could, yeah. Did I get a Chester? Yeah, thank you. That was a great point, thank you. Yes, Tommy? Because that's the way I viewed, I view the mind as a tool to communicate, but ego is that entity, you know, kind of I see it like here, that kind of monster of sorts that you're feeding and it gets bigger and it has more power versus if you starve it and it, you know, doesn't have power anymore, that the mind is still there as a tool to communicate. Okay, yeah, yeah, you can see it like that. It's, it's really your own definitions and if they so work for you, it's fine. Más o menos. Um, um, have compassion for the ego. Can you change your relationship with the ego? Okay. 
Because it's a beautiful thing that gave you the capacity to believe that you were Tammy for a long time. Okay. It gave you the opportunity to have a personal life. You know? Um, so, so it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful formation and it's incredible that it works. And it does work. We, we really do believe we're separate, autonomous, individual human beings. Right. Thanks to the ego. Right. So it's a good thing. Okay. Um, but like all things, along comes the autumn of its life and it starts to decay and rot and become the source of pain. And so it's dying off. And so it tries to stay alive, but it's dying off and it's only going to die off. You see? It's still beautiful. So the, the mind then, okay, you can, you know what might be might be good is just to see it in terms of the brain, because in the brain we know that there's a there's a, a circuitry that has me. It's self-referencing. Whatever is perceived goes through a me story, so it refers everything out there to me, from distance to am I accepted, like a generic thing, like am I safe, how far am I from the floor, right through to right through to uh, 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 can I be loved, can I be rejected, you see? So that's the self-referencing. And there's another part of your brain that's called the task-positive network, or the task-oriented network in some scientists' studies. And what that does is it, it functions. It's the thing that enables you to use language well. There's just no me story in it. So there are two parts of your brain, you see? So we're turning off the self-referencing, and when you wake up, the self-referencing actually burns out. That, self, that, that circuitry burns. Something happens there. You see? And we used to say, oh, once you're awake, you're always awake. You know? But then, there's this guy called Ramakrishna. I, I, um, um, end of the 19th century, kind of, maybe he died in the 20s. I'm kind of guessing from memory, but it, around the end of the 1800s. And, uh, and he said, I'd rather taste sugar, then be sugar. He was a great teacher, but somehow he just went, no, there's more fun in experiencing, and went back in to the dualistic mode, right? So it's the only example in the ancient scriptures that I could find, because what, what we've done, of course, with all scriptures is we've taken out anything where there was a trace of ego in order to you know, elevate the teachings to sainthood rather than honesty. That happened, and it's still happening, still happening. They're still doing it with Ramana Maharshi's teachings. They're actively changing his words so that, yeah, yeah. So, and that's fine because it helps the masses go from being asleep to, to learning about what it is to be awake. And at that point, you really need a goal. Oh my God, that's who I need to be like. So it kind of sets it up, but it's also not very truthful. So it can happen that... Even after an awakening, you, you can fall back into it. You can fall back into tasting the sugar again. So that's why the ongoing vigilance needs to be there. Um, Not that sweet either. Pardon? <laughs> pardon? Not that sweet either. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, yeah, you need ongoing vigilance has to be there. And I remember, like, I remember watching a video of, um, oh, oh, the, um, shoot, Puna, he's Muji's teacher, Muji's guru, 
can see his face and I can't. Oh, it's gone. Apogee. Apogee is his name. And he used to say, you have to keep watching the mind. You have to keep watching the mind. And for years I was like, what's he talking about? I can't even imagine what it's like to run a story, to think, to imagine what somebody is thinking. I, I, you know, I lost the capacity and then I found out that I didn't have the capacity because once it's not there, you don't even know it's not there. But then you're like, what are people talking about? What, what are they talking? And you're like, oh my God, that used to happen. That, that, that imagining what people are thinking. Wow, why on earth would you imagine that? You see? And so during that phase of not being able to have those thoughts at all and couldn't even find how would you even construct those thoughts, why would you leave just what is to imagine that kind of crap? Like, why? I remember watching his videos, you know, I was living in India at the time, and watching those videos, I'm just like, oh my God, Papaji, what are you talking about? Why do you have to keep watching the mind? It's either burnt out or it's not. He was much further down the road than I was. <laughs> much further down the road. Do you know? He was right. You have to keep watching it. You just have to keep watching it. Now we know neuroplasticity. Yes. Now we know. Science has said, hey, and we're like, oh shoot, that's why. That's why you have to keep watching it, is the wiring will rebuild itself. It will rebuild itself. Hence, vigilance. Hence, if you have a good spiritual practice pre-awakening, it's darn useful post-awakening because it's like a habit in your lifestyle. You see? Because developing new habits, you're kind of loose and you kind of, you know nothing doesn't, nothing matters. And you're free, you know? So if you have a spiritual practice, then it takes care of that a little bit. You see? So is it like um, Joe Bolte Taylor? Who had the stroke and she lost her left brain yes. and only had the right brain. Yes. And eventually got the left brain back. Yes. That's what you're talking about, in a sense. The, the circuits of. Yes. Yeah. That's it. But she lost them because of a stroke. Right. Not because she evolved out right. of her understanding or. But yeah. through losing that side of her brain, she was just very present. And Absolutely. Very connected to energy and lost the five cabinet. She did. She yeah. lost the five cabinet. Yes. Is that yeah. what happened to you when you left? Because I remember you language. Oh, I did, yeah, yeah. Really fried, yeah. 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 And I, I, I've always been very extreme. It's softened now, believe it or not. Um, so, so, yeah, I definitely burnt out too much neurocircuitry. I definitely did. Looking at how it happens for other people, yeah, I burnt out a huge amount. I, I became quite... I just wasn't able to talk or function. Or so when you say I don't have to lose what, pardon? When you said, I'm going to have to lose, lose it, just to let it all go, is that what I'm going to have to lose? Um, that'll be the consequence of you losing it. That you're, yeah, the self-referencing will, will prove itself to you to be the problem. Because the one who's trying to do it and doing the right thing, that's coming from your self-referencing. Right. But will I lose the power habit? Let's see. That's the trust. That's the trust. You have to be prepared to lose the file cabinet. You know, when we talk about going deeper and losing the story, it, there, I, the voice.
voice screams like, well, who will I be? You know? Yes. And then, of course, the answer, your true self. Yes, your true self. It, it that's so much trust and so much faith that that will really exist. Yes. And that's all ego thoughts that, you know, I'm That's not. right. Like, that's right. I die. Yeah, it's all... Something dies. I mean, I'm following all of it, and I do feel one with everyone and everyone's experience. Like, in the problem, it's all just us. Yes. <laughs> yes. But we all have the same one. Yes. And just drop below it. Just drop below it and trust that it's all right. And that we'll still function. And if you won't, you won't be there to care. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. You won't. Let it go. Yeah, let it go. Don't worry, be happy. Yes. 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 You know? And then beyond that, being your true self, the identity of that breaks also. You know? Jack. Not even being true self, like deeper than that. Yes. When you lost your self-referencing, told me a number. You have to keep your passport next to you to remember your name. I did, yeah. So but it happened automatically, Didier. It happened automatically that because everything happens automatically anyway. You see, and so, but mind imagines that it's doing it. So my passport was beside me. Yeah. <clears throat> I physically put my passport beside the bed and every morning I would do the same Groundhog Day thing. I would open the passport, I would get out of bed and I would look in the mirror, I would look at the photograph and I would put the pieces of the jigsaw together. And I'd figure out the name, the date of birth. I'd say, oh yeah, and it's like I was plugging in the story again so that I could go and make breakfast or do whatever I was going to do, go to the ashram or, you know. That wasn't hard for you to try to remember where you were? It's, it really was just happening. It was like an automatic pilot feeling. Do you know? It was afterwards, it was like, wow, that was wild. That was wild. That, 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 that even that functioning went. It was afterwards, you know, that I could see that, gosh, kind of went a bit far, you know? Was it really necessary, you know? It was the way it had to be, but it was because I was always very driven and extreme, you know? That it went so extreme. But yeah, it takes care of itself. Something kicks in and care is taken. You know? Did people around you see a difference or feel like, oh my gosh, this is your mind, we have to commit her kind of thing? The, the only one who ever came up to me was, was one guy, I can remember his face, but I don't even think I knew his name. And it was, you know, People go to that part of India for a season when the weather is nice and, and there are certain festivals on and, and they go and it's great fun. So when you're there in the off-season, the weather is torture. And, of course, I was living like an Indian wood because that's what I would, wouldn't have it any other way, of course. And, of course, that's really difficult because, you know, here's an Irish lass and she's living in, like, 110 degrees. No AC, of course, and, you know, all that jazz. And um, then... One day I was walking around, that's what I used to do, is I'd walk up to the ashram and Ramana Maharshi's shrine where he's buried is in the middle of a hall and there's this walkway around him and I would just walk and walk and walk and walk and leave and get some food and come back and walk and walk and walk. Either that or sit in a cave or walk around a mountain, but you know, many, 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 many hours, many days just walking around this shrine. And... Um, 
one day I walked out and went down to where you put on your shoes and this guy came after. He was European for sure because he had a European, he spoke English with a European accent. And uh, he said, I've been watching you for a few months. He said, I think you're coming out of it. And I'm like, what, 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 what did I stuck in? And he said, your face was so tight. He said, you, you kind of looked scary. He said, you were, everything was pulled right back. Everything was just tight. He said, and you, I, I thought you were going crazy. He said, but some days I didn't even want to come to the ashram. And I'm like, I have to go up and see if she's there and see if she's all right. You know? And, and he was keeping an eye on me. I don't know who he is. I don't know. But he's the only one that I remember specifically going, oh, gosh. Some, some care is being taken somewhere. And he said, you'll be all right now. He said, I don't know what that was, but I, I just feel that once you got through that one, you're going to be safe, you know? So things like that happen. I had no clue. I remember at one point, yeah, thinking, I, I, I'm actually, this is probably craziness. This is probably crazy, but okay, if that's coming for me, at psychiatric hospital, all right, I'll take that too. Uh, whatever, whatever. You know, I just, whatever. I'd let go, you know. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've heard this story, so I'm kind of newbie in this regard. Yeah. How did your life change after that? Um. So all the theory is, I discovered it wasn't my life, and you know, whatever happens, happens. But on a daily living level, there's never been a moment of where I've believed that this is real. It's always movie material, always. No matter how passionate or potent or sad or disruptive or violent, the experience. It's never authentically real. There's always a knowing that it's the movie. Uh, it's more that, that that's how it is. There's no sense of needing comfort. Regardless of what happens, I'm fine. I really am fine. Genuinely, I'm always fine. A couple of years ago, I had a good test because I fractured my spine. Um, and I was fine. <laughs> I was fine. Do you know? My husband made me take medication twice, two nights. You know, I blew two discs and fractured a vertebrae. And, you know, couldn't really walk and couldn't, like, he had to help me to sit down in the loo and help me to get up off the loo. That kind of incapacitated. So the pain was through the Richter scale. But I was fine. And I was like, wow, this is great. Am I suffering? Is there suffering? I'd be lying there and, you know, Diane ordered a hospital bed and she said, you need a hospital bed at home so that you can come up and down. Oh, okay, okay. So help came in to, like, get me up and down, you know. I spent three months lying in a hospital bed. And, and... It was just like, is there suffering happening? Is there suffering? I said, no, the body's in pain. And I kept checking. Am I in pain? Am I in pain? I'm like, no, the body's in pain. I'm fine. And they're two 
completely different things. Completely different things. You know, I'm always the same. I'm, I'm just always fine. And, and the rest is just life. It's just life unfolding and doing its thing, and it's kind of entertaining. Even when it's crappy, it's kind of entertaining. Do you know? One question. Yes. At the beginning, because I don't know the story either. When they were saying about you being unable to speak, or what, did you have a stroke? No, no, it's the process of waking up. For some, it's very gentle. And the, the waking up is recognized, is is when a part of your brain kind of burns out, actually. You stop using the neurocircuitry, oh, okay. self-referencing network. Oh, okay. And for some, it's really kind of awful, and for some, it's very gentle. Gentle or, yeah. Yeah, it can happen anyway. But for me, it was very abrupt. E even though I was at it and at it and at it and at it for years. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, because... The because then in the same concept, just by having the awakening, people that have the stroke and have uh, areas of inferring damage, the neighbors around it, all the neurons, this one is dead, this is killed, this is one is sick, we get together and help you get new connections. And some parts works better than another and take care of those other portions. And that's why it's like, don't worry, be happy, this part is crappy, we all be good, we will get better, you feel good. And that's why even that your body felt that was in pain, your inside, your, your peace of mind, your brain, your true self is telling you that you're okay. Yes and no. Yes, that's true, but it's a bit deeper than that. Because the true self, that divine nature, I'm not that either. Because already you're deeper than that. Because there's no I anywhere. Okay, okay. There's, no, there's no identity. The idea of identity. Part of the movie. Mm -hmm. You see? Yeah. So it's like where I, you know, we have a capacity to talk from different places. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Yes. So um, the, because I've, I suppose, have an old commitment to being honest with myself, not bullshitting myself, mm -hmm. doing the spiritual practice, being sure that I'm not full of shit. Mm -hmm. Like, because I'm, I've been doing that for so long, mm -hmm. it definitely helps to stop any rebuilding of the self-referencing. Definitely helps. It's like I have an automatic safeguard in there that stops building the me story. It doesn't need to be there. We, we, we don't need the self-referencing. We function much better and we're better used to the whole planet, to the movie. <laughs> you know, when, when we don't have a, a me agenda going on at all. You know, when perception is just what's there is what's seen. Rather than what's there and now there's my interpretation of what's there and that will inform my actions. I don't do those layers. They just don't happen anymore. You know? So how, how did you know to teach? So as pure consciousness? I was asked. By? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I was at home visiting my mother one time and this friend of mine who I had known just, just a couple of years previous, 
and he runs a yoga studio in Dublin. And he said, Jack, I'm so glad I caught you. He said, I, I could feel you're coming back into the country. I could just feel it. And it's like, you need to come and teach. I'm like, I have nothing to teach, David. Like, nothing. What am I going to teach? And he said, I don't know. He said, but just, I set it up. I'll bring my, my Sangha people and, and just come and, and teach. I'm like, all right, okay. So we set up a day and I said, okay, I'll do an hour on Sunday afternoon and we'll see. And that was the start of it. Somebody else built a website, a guy I hadn't even met. Somebody built a YouTube site. Uh, he, he filmed me in India and I was like, I have nothing to say. And he said, look, look, I'm just interviewing. Somebody said that you've been here for a few years and I want to interview you. And, and then he made a YouTube site and that was the start of YouTube. And I was like, oh my God. So then somebody watched YouTube and he made a website. And I'm like, okay. And so off it rolled. You know? And then certain things I needed to get out of my system, you know, like like the pull to an ashram was still there. I wasn't done with it. I wasn't done with it, you know? And an ashram got built in Costa Rica. I lived in Costa Rica and it went belly up. Everything that could go wrong went go wrong, went wrong. And I got really sick and had to leave and walk away. And I did. And it finished the ashram pull. It's like, oh, now it's clear. It's clear. My place is in the world. You know, three months later I met him, you know? I'm like, okay, all oh, my places in the world. Oh, that was just washing out something. It was getting closure. You know, I'm like, all right, okay. And mind, mind recognizes things after the event, you know? Because I'm, 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 I'm just following the next step, you know? Yeah, that's the way life unfolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different for everybody, you know? The gentler the better. <laughs> then speaking of a woman who didn't have a gentle time here last time, how are you doing, Lauren? Do you want to come up? Yeah. So we were here three months ago. And uh, Lauren had an interesting experience. And some people had no place to put it at all. And, you know, and that's what we do, you know. It's amazing to see it at play. No matter, no matter what I say, you're still going to be perceiving from where you're perceiving. You know, I, I can show you and invite you to pull back the limits of your mind, but, but you have to be done with them. You have to be ready, you know. And so, um, you know, there was some people who thought, she was having a psychiatric breakdown, you know, and that it was really badly managed, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, gosh, no matter how much we explained, it was like, if your perception is, when this happens, it's a psychiatric problem. You know, and that was the only reference point. It's like, okay, that person has to believe that. They just really have to believe that because they have no place else to put this. So it's amazing that we filter everything. Everything. So just be aware of your own filter systems as much as you can, you know, because what you think you see and what's really happening in front of you are usually two very different things. If you're not labeling at all, you're probably seeing what's really happening. When you don't judge at all, you have a better chance of seeing what's really happening. I don't know is a great place to be. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Lauren. How are you doing? Good. Yeah? 
Funny, like watching the energy in me, because like, it's so used to going up here, but it's not going there right now. And we, you know, it's yes, like waiting for it because it's like and I don't have like control over that, you know. It's like, you don't have control over what the energy does, okay? Breathe into it. Breathe into it. It wants to go up there. It okay. wants to keep me safe. Yes. So tell it that it's okay. You're safe. It's like I'm a kid again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell it it's okay. Okay. Yeah, you're an adult. You're well able to manage this. That it can relax. You have a lot of wisdom. And your divine nature can guide your way on. And that's what needs to be in charge. human body it's like so strong just to survive to that's all this is though like this world that's all it's like about survival yes it's about survival yeah if i'm like living in this world that's all that is like on the attention is all on that it's like that's what lauren is So can we can we recondition that program and change it from survival to an ability to experience that it has been running a program that it's all about survival but it can shift because surviving isn't an issue anymore. There is nothing that needs to survive, but the ability to experience can be there. And that's got nothing to do with surviving or not surviving. It's just an ability to experience. So we need to swap out that piece of, the conditioning of that piece of energy. You see? Okay, great. It's putting up a fight. Yes. But it, 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 you either support it or you become the manager of it. Mm-hmm. Find your divine authority.
it hurts because it's like none of it's real. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's not real, but still we need to do this piece of work, okay. even though it's not real. It's like, yeah. But it's like wanting to, it's like saying, all these people you have to protect yourself from, and like yeah. things and stuff. Yeah, and like, that's just an old record. It's not valid, Lauren. But nobody else lives this way, Jack. Ah, <laughs> oh, they do. Ah, oh, they do, don't worry. They have their own version of it. Keep breathing. Keep breathing. Relax the body. Yeah, relax the body. Okay. Things that can protect, like... Yeah. So that's protection itself. That's the frequency of protection itself is where you're at now. It's... Yeah, yeah. It's not even protecting anything. It will stick to any story. It's protection itself. You've touched the frequency of protection. So it's like, it's an existential frequency. It's just protection. Do you know the way you'd find pure beauty or pure love? Not connected to anything, right? Just in and of itself. Or fear not connected to anything. This is protection. She's touching this frequency of protection. And then, and then when we touch that, we turn it into our lives and we protect things and we apply it to things. But this is in and of itself, protection itself. So we need to detach. Energetically, you need to detach from protection and, and let it free to do what it wants to do in the world or wherever it wants to move. It's like you're, you're, you're shifting vibration and you're on that one now. It's like, okay, okay, okay. That was a, a root one for you, a reference point for you. It's just protection itself. So we need to just abandon that frequency now. So go into the power, go into the potency. Just merge with it, just surrender into it.
but you're much more than the body. Hmm? Expand. 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 I don't want to be seen. Really? Stop resisting. Stop resisting. <laughs> Stop contracting. Let it get loose. Let it get loose. But then I'm not like bordered. That's right. Uh, That's right. That's fine. The body will provide a border, but you you don't have a border. Oh no, I'm resisting love. Yes. Shit. <laughs> oh, but No need for protection. Shit. <laughs> no need for protection. Oh, this is what I've been resisting. Uh-huh. Yeah, just, just... I can't. Oh, oh God. Let the boundary go. Let the boundary go. It's too painful. But like when you're a kid and you're all loving and then it's like, oh, but then you get hurt and it's like you don't want that to happen again. Of course. But you're not a kid anymore. That was there. <laughs> You can't drag the past with you. That's just a phenomenal story. It's just a phenomenal story. Oh! Trust, Lauren. Trust. You won't have the same vulnerability as you had when you were a kid. You won't. You're a woman. You're an adult. You're going to have to trust that. Let yourself expand. That's it. That's it. Yeah, she's okay. Truly, it's okay. Truly, it's okay. Just trust it. That's it. Relax into it. Relax into it. Stay soft inside. Stay soft. No need to contract. It's about merging and dissolving. The body is just the localized perceiving mechanism. But merging with the all of it, 
is happening at the same time. There'll still be an ability to experience from the localized body perceiving mechanism, but merge with the bigger picture. That's more your true nature. How are you doing? Let it get soft. The softer it can feel inside now, the better. Just no resistance, no... There's nothing to... Only the idea of separation will trigger a need to protect. They're in bed together, separation and protection. And both of them are just ideas. It's bullshit. It's very, it's heavy in the body. Yes. The body is kind of dense. Yeah. Yeah. This is a kind of a, a dense you know, environment. That's what it takes to create a movie. That's what that's what gives it its reality feel. It's funny though. It's like something in your eye, like the body is like something in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> the body is like something in your eye. <laughs> Stay soft and loose inside. No contractions at all, physically. Because mm. at this point, the mind will use the body to contract, to, to squeeze in, to solidify beliefs and perspectives. Mm. It's just here. It's just like... What's here? The body. Yes. like a solid, clumpy energy. Yes. Mm. 
Yes. Yes. You okay? Do you need help with something or does it need integration time? I don't know. Yeah. It's weird because there are like a lot of bodies and I'm still like kind of here. Mm. Yes, there's a capacity to perceive here, from here. But it's seamless between what you are and perceiving from a body. It's seamless. Can you, can you see that? Like the essence of, of what you are and then this clumpy body. It's not so jerky between the two. The jerkiness needs to go, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. That it's actually, this perception can be here, but, but, but what you are isn't touched by it, but yet there's no kind of like, uh, 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 no flip-flopping. I don't want there to be any flip-flopping between your divine essence mm -hmm. and the physical body. It is seamless. It's like one happens inside the other. This happens inside of what you are. If spatial references work for you, that's one way to see it. Mm. This is the unreal bit here. There was like a grab for control there from the Lauren. Like, the grab for control? Yeah. Like, oh. Like there must be some control. Hmm. Hmm. You okay with the fact that there isn't? Okay, so from the divine perspective, Lauren has no control. It's known that there's no control because the divine is all of it. From the Lauren perspective, she can control what she has for dinner. I mean, that kind of thing plays. But big stuff, no, she has no control. It appears that she has choice. She does. No, she doesn't. But she thinks she does and that's fine. Do you know? That's, that's part of the game. <laughs> that's so funny. 
like she's talking now and stuff. Cause I'm not a her. There is no her. Yes. That's so funny again. Oh God. <laughs> it's just happening. Yes. <laughs> can you ride it with her? Can you yeah. can you find where she is and yeah. go on the trip? Yeah, yeah. Great. No, she can't put it in a drug form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottle it. Yes. What the heck? <laughs> I'm as much her as anyone. Uh-huh. But she gets to like spew this stuff. Like spewing. No, not spewing. It's all divine. All of it is divine. All of it. Mm. All of it. She's an expression. Oh, that's the critical. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She's mm. an expression. She's an outpost of the divine. Yeah. That's the judgment. That's the judgment. Do you see that? Yeah. Mm. That's where separation comes in and your self-criticism where we started this morning. Mm. You know? The idea that... that that you're less than, that there's something. That's what creates a separation, those ideas. No? But you are an outpost of the divine. You're an extension of the divine. That's, that's the truth of it. of God or something, being part of the body of God. Oh shoot, something, there's something like that, isn't there? I think there is something. God is closer than your hands or feet. So was that it? Yeah. yeah. Shit. Father and I are one. Together. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure there's something, there's something in my head. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> no. What's going on, Lauren? Uh, the, like, unworthiness. Uh, and, oh, I don't know, I'm just thinking of, like, the Buddha, like... Okay, we're going to breathe into the unworthiness. We're going to breathe into that frequency, that belief, that pattern. Breathe it's into not it. Not wanting to go there. Like, it can't, like, it can't be the same as, like, the Buddha, like, this, me. I can't be, like, Buddha. Really? Really? So separation says I can't be like the Buddha. But your divine nature knows that you are the Buddha. True? It feels like, I don't know, arrogant blasphemy. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, that's the frequency of separation talking. Yeah, and I see like it wants to believe that because then I feel accepted by others. 
because like I'm not arrogant or something. Yes. That's the game. Yep. The unworthiness is like... It's a plea for acceptance. Shit. <laughs> okay, so we're going to break it up, huh? We're going to break it up. We're just going to breathe into it and let, let divine energy and divine love just dissolve it, dissipate it. Move it on. Bring divine wisdom to it and unravel it. That's it, breathe into it. Wow. Belief systems are just a piece of energy. We just need to unplug the Lauren woman from them, you know? Some of them just break up and some of them need to go on and, and be experienced by somebody else. And then Grace takes over and we just have to get out of the way and let it do its thing. just because that's what happens. divine essence to the Lauren woman. <clears throat> Can you feel that flowing?
cold. No. Uh, what did you find? How can I do that? Like when others are suffering. Ah. Uh, amazing to watch the layers, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Is the body sack for now? <laughs> yeah. And like unworthiness with that too. Mm -hmm. There's a big block there. Stop! Oh. It's okay, we're just going to soften it. We're going to oh. soften it. It's, it. it's really fear is presenting, presenting as. If I wake up, I'm leaving others behind, or anything. It's 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 fear, you know. It's and fear is just ignorance. It's lack of awareness of the truth. It's all it is. You know, the greatest gift you can give the world is to wake up. have somebody else with that frequency on the planet helps so many in so many ways Okay, where are you? Earth. I've been so hard on myself. Yes, you've been so hard on yourself. Yeah. Oh, God! And I was, like, jumping to other people, too. Like, they're, like, suffering. And it's because I didn't want to, like, look at Lauren's suffering, too. Yes, that's what we do. That's what we do. Yes. It was like a sign. Yes. Yeah, these are the things that keep the movie going. Wow. We just avoid dealing with our stuff. And that's what keeps the movie going. That's kind of its, uh, its, its in perpetuity mechanism. We just don't heal. Some of us are called to it, but not everybody. It's the play. 
So there needs to be a lot of love for this Lauren woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love and compassion and she's oh. going to be held by the divine energy that, <laughs> that you are. Yes. Yes. Oh, because then everything blends. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's where we started off, was, to, was so that there's no jerkiness between her divine essence and the Lauren character. It's like, okay, this has to be smooth. This is where we're going. So then we find these layers of beliefs that, that are keeping her in place as a separate individual, right? So we're dissolving them. She's finding them. She's hitting up against the next one, hitting up against the next one. So, so now we're near blending. It's like, all right. Because the outpost of the divine doesn't leave the divine. You don't trade your essence. You don't turn off your divine knowing to become the individual. You see? The divine essence is just pouring through and that's all there is. Right? So loads of divine love. Loads around her, through her. Huge, infinite compassion and love. She just has to be held in that embrace, like forever, like as long as the body is alive. Uh. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Don't resist it now. Don't resist it. Open, open, love, open. Come on, breathe into it. Let it come. Oh, I'm like looking for a why is the resistance there, but there's like no why. No, you're way beyond reasons now. Shit, it's just there. It's just what is, yeah. It's just what is. Mind is grasping and it's asking why because we're way beyond cause and effect. No, it's all right. Just stop fighting. Just stop fighting. Everybody's learning from this. Don't worry. Or else they're getting freaked out. And we'll deal with that too. Or they could be judging. And we'll deal with that too. Oh, no! That's <laughs> got nothing to do with you. That's got nothing to do with you. Okay, divine love all around Lauren, all through her, through every cell. Just embrace her in divine love and compassion. 
Let the Lauren story be over. Just let it be all over. Yeah. Just love. Just divine love. Is it seamless? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's all okay. Really, it's all okay. Oh God. Yeah. It's sad, like. What's sad? No, you never were, Laura. It's just a bit of hypnosis that happened for a while. I spent my whole life. Yeah. For young life. <laughs> Some people here double your age. <laughs> They're still pretending. <laughs> oh, it's okay, though. Yes, it's all okay. It's just the game. That's how it rolls out. Like, lay Lauren to rest, you know? Lay her to rest. Kind of a soft way to put her down. Oh, that's funny. Oh, ha, ha. You okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
So need you to completely envelop Lauren in divine love. Like completely, like never before. Weave her in, blend her in, melt her. Completely soaked into your divine essence. With no exception. Can you work on that? That needs to happen now. You'll have to focus on it, you know? Like, I'm not here when that happens. Yes. Yes. But I need you to do it so that there's no part of, of the Lauren story or neurology really kind of like hiding from us and hanging out to recreate itself. We don't need that to happen. It's take this as far as it can go. Mm. Yeah? And love will do that because you standing in your divine essence covering the Lauren entity with love and compassion. That's what will do it now. This might be complete, and there might be more, but that's what you've got to do for the next while. Like all evening. you unravel anymore. You, you, you've got to get this level solid now. Okay. Okay. Alright. You're fine. fine. Yeah. Thanks. Oh. So, <clears throat> as Marie Paul said, um, that wasn't an everyday occurrence. So, <laughs> maybe talk a little bit about it. It's really different for everybody, really is. And some of you who are familiar with this, you know, when I asked, can, can you follow, can you take the ride with Lauren? Some people could, because they're familiar. Yeah, some could and some couldn't. But those who could are kind of familiar with um, spiritual experiences and, and seeing Sensing what's going on in the non-physical realms. And obviously Lauren is able to do that. And so, <clears throat> when she's up here, and in other places, she goes through a gear shift. Like an upgrade. And what, it, it, it's as though, let's say she's at this frequency here, that's at my chest. And you know, when she's awake, she's up here at the top of my head. So from her to go from here to here, things that are dense have to break because that's what keeps you held down, the weights, the density, the negative belief system. That's what keeps you in place, in the place of suffering. And as more light gets in, and as you lift your frequency, 
the way it happens for some people is that you know they see they leave a dysfunctional marriage or they break some belief system or or they see through oh wow I, I was just imagining all of that in my head and it's very simple but there's a breakthrough something breaks and really what breaks is your neurology but there's a, a knowing of what belief system was holding you back that you were plugged into because that was creating your experience and it loses its potency and you're freed up to go up a notch so lauren as her vibration was lifting she she kind of hit across hit onto the next glass ceiling and then she'd talk about that we'd work through that and she hit the next glass ceiling so she was literally moving her vibration up breaking the glass ceilings breaking the beliefs in unworthiness in in protection in needing a container which was motivating the protection that she runs around herself the unworthiness that like oh my god but if i wake up and then what about all the other people that i'm leaving if i you know i'm kind of betraying people who are suffering if i wake up so these are just a sample of the of the belief systems that she hit so it's like as her vibration is going up her mind will turn the frequency into a story that she lived by because that's what your mind will do it will turn it into a story that's why we talk in story it's all about story but really it's just energy it's just energy moving until it's completely free and unbound untethered free open you see so so she she was breaking glass ceiling glass ceiling she was finding the next one herself finding the next one herself but from the outset i i i knew okay wherever we go we have to get her from there's lauren and then there's me as the divine essence that i am there's like the true seeing and i'm pure consciousness and then there's lauren and uh 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 moving from one to the other so when she came up it was like okay this um these two two places that she comes from either being of the world and lauren or knowing her divine essence and talking freely from pure consciousness the two are seamless it's absolutely seamless it's the one energy flowing through both but mind will make it feel like there's a jerk there's a gear shift there's a and and i was trying to show you that earlier in yourself can you feel is there a shift when you go from the stillness into your own drama your own story can you feel the shift so that's what i'm trying to do is dissolve that shift so it's seamless so that your divine essence is like whoa there's mind trying to hijack it so it's not i switch off my divine essence when when my personality is at play or my i'm so caught in drama i can't find the stillness at all i'd prefer you to let it be seamless can you feel inside you when you trade one perspective for the other can you feel it do you see is this making sense yes all right so i wanted to bring lauren to a place of where it was seamless so that lauren could blend into her divine essence the divine is already here the divine is already sorted so the shift has to come in who you think you are the divine doesn't have to bend down to you it's about you dissolving and melting and trusting the divine it's about you and letting yourself be held by the divine falling into the arms of the divine whatever way you want to see it or say it you melting into your own essence the personality has to do the changing you see that's why we do the work so in breaking these levels and shifting lauren's vibration 
we get to the place of where the divine can just rush the Lauren woman with love. And then, of course, oh my God, there's no Lauren. She's, she's, she's dying. She's melting. She's, the identity is going. There's nothing solid to keep her as a separate thing from the divine. And so it becomes seamless. You see? So it becomes seamless. So the outpost of the divine is seamless. Her divine essence is the only thing. It's not compromised in any way in its manifestation. And that's bringing, that's the divine walking on earth. That's the Buddha walking on earth. You see? That's what we're called to do. That's what this pull is about. It's so that it's only divine energy and it's not hijacked by a conditioned belief system that was so frigging painful to build up and now we sustain it out of habit and lack of courage. Is it so overwhelming that divine in her that she can't let go? I mean, to, 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 she's losing, losing herself. Yeah, she's losing so herself. overwhelming that divine nature wants to, the essence wants to... Positively overwhelming, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Tony. So, when you're talking about the density, so um, I know with work with Derek and with CJ, the physical stuff that's happening in me is because I'm expanding and my body's trying to catch up to it. So is that the density breaking up? Yes. That's the contraction. The contraction has to soften. Everything gets soft. Everything gets soft. And that's the melting too. Because if there's a contraction, then there is a gear shift between divine essence and the part that's contained safely, held tightly. So is that true for everybody or is that my experience? That's your experience, but we're not that different to each other. It might appear in different language or different imagery, but it's along the same lines, for sure. That which is not of light is being broken up. So I'm also noticing different foods and different responses in the body pain-wise. Yes. So is it because in enlightening that different foods now aren't working for me anymore. Yes, yes. And my body is telling me that. Yes. Because I need it. Okay. Yes. I can be in Publix in the supermarket, and I grab two avocados, and then it's like, no, not that one, that one. I mean, it's loopers, if I think about it, but I don't think about it. I just totally trust. It's like there's a total knowing of what food my body wants and what doesn't want. They all look the same. But my goodness, I know exactly what one to pick up and not one to pick up. Not because. Yeah. A lot of changes happening physically and with food. So, yes. Okay. Yes. Honor it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In a loose way, in a fun way, you know? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I started shaking uncontrollably. Yes. And I got, I put a down coat on, clothes, got in under a comforter in bed, and I just couldn't stop shaking to a point where I fell asleep. But I was resisting that. I just, yes. You know, and I mean, I understand that now. I, I still don't really, I'm kind of okay with it, but it's just the fear of just. 
And shaking very often is an, an automatic response where your body is trying to shake the density out of. You know, it's like if somebody's stupid, it's like, I want to shake you. You know, you want to shake out the old belief system. You know? Yeah, the, the shakings happened twice, and the second time I was told or whatever, it was out it wasn't, I was cold, it was here. And that's why as much as, much as I covered myself, I couldn't stop shaking. You couldn't stop shaking, yeah. It was yeah. just the fear of going to that next yes. level. Yes, yes. But also your body will try to shake out the fear. It will try to shake it out. You know, there's something that's also trying to throw off the fear. But if your mind is happy with the fear is protecting me, I need to stop this, then that'll win. That'll win. But I don't have someone walking me through that like, like you did with Lauren. That, I, think. I didn't either when it was me. It's okay. Yeah. Just for clarification, Tammy was talking about expansion. Yeah. Are we talking about expansion from separateness to oneness? You could say that. Because I'm getting hung up on the words there. So is that, because I think expansion, you know, but what I'm seeing and hearing is expansion is break, 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 break. Yes. That which is causing the contraction, the original container, so that expansion can happen, that's what we have to break. Like, what's keeping it from expanding in the first place? How come your natural raison d'etre isn't like expansion in the first place? You see? So whatever is causing the container, whatever is causing the absence of expansion, that has to break. You see? Yeah. And that will be your beliefs. You got it. It pops. It pops. Yeah. It pops. Yeah. Yes. Could, uh, could she have done that the same way with meditation? Or she did it here because she was feeling maybe safer with you being with her? We'd have to ask Lauren that. You don't know. Is talking too difficult? She said, I'm hesitant to say anything because I don't want to say there's one way. Because really it just happens the way it happens, you know, and everybody's different. Yeah. You know? This environment will, will be a catalyst for us, there's no doubt about that.
there was some energy moving and I just wanted to scream. Like something was just like coming up and uh-huh. I just felt like I just needed to scream. Uh-huh. Yeah. What Did you that? scream? Yeah. Oh, great. Because <laughs> I felt by myself and I knew nobody was going to be there and go, what the hell's wrong with you? But yeah, I just felt like something needed to, it's great. kind of reminiscent of the whole Nina thing. Like I felt like there was oh, something yeah. in me that needed to, needed to come out. To come out. Of there me. we go. A bottled up emotion. Okay. Yeah, that's what that is. That's (laughs) pent up, bottled up energy, which we recognize as emotion. Yeah. Because I didn't feel any emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I just knew it was something needed. Something needed to come out. Yeah. 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 Yep. Roll on lots of that. Any more questions on, on that process? Yeah? Okay, great. Okay, um, with 20 minutes, I'm inclined to go to the harmonium, but if there's somebody who can't come tomorrow, we've got the same schedule tomorrow. If there's somebody who can't come tomorrow and needs to come up now, please come up. Any questions that need to be asked? Yes, Marnie. I don't know if this will take two seconds. Okay. And I think, I'm not sure you can answer, but you just triggered a thought about energy, and you know, you're all pent up. Is there any way that you can explain or shed some light on the I have energy that, physical energy that appears constantly, almost constantly in my legs, and it drives me mad. Like that all the time. Is that, is Day that, and night? Usually, yeah. Both? Usually at night. Uh, sometimes I do it usually at night. I have bananas and I do all that stuff in the house, but sometimes it just really, at night, it just really. Is there any correlation between the subject's energy? It, you may not have anything to say on that, and I'm going to waste time if you don't. Yeah. If it's, so the first protocol is potassium. Yeah. That's the first protocol. Then it's about if if it's more at night, but also happens by day. It's it's more um, okay. More of you. I'm going to open a can of worms. Yes. Go for it. All right. Okay. <laughs> you, you want an answer? Okay. When we're getting close to, like, waking up, parts of us that get caught in time, that get frozen because of trauma, because of past lives, if you believe it, if you don't, doesn't believe it, it doesn't matter. But parts, parts of you get stuck. <clears throat> they just get frozen. When they're trying to come in and they're stuck, your legs will go frigging nuts. It's like you're trying to pull in a part of yourself. So part of your your energy or your chakra system, your energy, your light body, whatever you want to call the spirit part of you, it's like it's going out to collect parts of you that got traumatized, that are still splintered, trying to come to wholeness, but can't bring them in because they're not thawed enough. They're not ready for integration. Right? 
And when, when you gather all of yourself and you, put, you totally come in, you're more embodied and you're all there. It's got to do with healing trauma. Experiences where we, you know, the one, the one place where we do have an acceptability for it in our culture is inner child work. You know, and, and we embrace the inner child and then we integrate it and we might find that we're, you know, able to play again or, you know, for a while we kind of, oh, we, so we you know, something, we become more whole. So it, it's like this, but it's on a much broader scale. There are parts of us in lots of different dimensions. Very often when we sleep at night, we go off to other dimensions and do stuff. Like, we're kind of complex. So collecting, that's the kind of worms. So collecting the components of yourself to pull you back in. To pull you back in. That's been traumatized from anywhere. Just splintered off pieces of yourself. When that's happening, your legs get jittery. If it's not potassium, your legs get jittery. Because you're trying, you're trying to pull yourself in. So what would be, yeah, to ground all of you. To ground all of you. So what would be good would be, um, do you, you do yoga or any kind of physical thing like that? I haven't for a while, but... Some kind of a move that would open your base chakra. So it could be literally squatting with your knees as far apart as you can. To open, no, squatting. Yeah, to, 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 to get your base, if I didn't have a stress on, I'd do it. To get your base chakra wide open wide open so like your butt is nearly on the floor right yeah squat and feel your pelvic floor open so that your base chakra can can pull in the early stuff because the early stuff is what's missing from your base chakra when your base chakra is in trouble the signal goes to your legs when your second chakra is in trouble it's going to be your hips your uterus your lower back but your base chakra will go to your legs so it's your base chakra. Something needs to come in. Something needs to open. So the base chakra has a belief system. I am safe. I am part of a tribe. Or I'm ostracized from a tribe. So being connected with the group is important when your base chakra isn't whole. Isn't whole. Feeling safe is important when your base chakra is not whole. It's formed by the, by the age of two. So we're talking early, early, early. Mm -hmm. So whatever interpretations you had, you see? And that's just of this life. And it depends on your belief system if, if you grab other dimensions or not. It doesn't matter. But stick with what you know. So if it's in your subconscious, you can't, because it happened at two and you have no recollection, you can't intellectually figure that out. You can't, which is great. So you have to go through the body. <laughs> so squat, squat, and like let all of me be here. Let all of me be here. It's safe for me to be here. Whether I'm alone or with others, it doesn't matter. This is home. This body is safe for me. This body is safe for me. And I think a change might happen. So I'm going to open your base chakra and welcome, welcome whatever it is that's in your subconscious. Just welcome. Let it be welcoming. So it can, because it's missing something and it's giving you a signal that it's missing something. Sure, you're welcome. Yes? What if you have those, like, there's sparks that go through your whole body? 
started. And it, it's, it's very, it's very much like Marnie's, but it's through my whole body. Oh. Oh. And I, at first I thought it was like sugar or, you know, so I was yeah. trying to change, but yeah. it happened when everything else. Yeah. Is it like electricity? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it, I, I try, I, you know, I can't sleep. That's why I wasn't sleeping for weeks at a time when I was in, at work. Just not sleeping at all. I'd be up all night. Yeah, I know that one too. Yeah, yeah I know that. Is it all the chakras? Electric charge. <laughs> yeah, no, um, the earth would really help you. The earth. Put your feet on the earth, walk barefoot outside under the trees. The earth to change your frequency to align with nature. Yeah. Yeah, and electromagnetic fields won't help you at all. Turn off the Wi-Fi at night if you have Wi-Fi. Turn off the phone at night. Turn off turn off electric stuff. And walk out. They do. They're, they're, they're very buzzy. Uh, they're, not, they're not like earthy. I don't know. They're supposed to be earthing, yeah. If you do end up getting one of those, I wouldn't get the whole sheet because it's, it's too much. You're too sensitive for it. But there's a little grounding pad. There's a small one. It's 40 bucks. It's like two foot by 10 inches. And that would be enough rather than the huge thing. Um, yeah, sure. And put that under your feet, under your legs or something. But really turn off turn off electromagnetic fields and spend time walking barefoot, leaning up against a tree. Connect your energy with, with the earth. You, you need to remind your body how to, how to be of the earth. You, you, you've just been disconnected with, from it from a long, for a long time. And that's what the electric charge is. It's like there's something off with your electromagnetic field. You see? But nature is... is the more time you can lie down in nature, bring out a sheet of cotton and lie down and put your hands into the earth, you know? I did that my whole life prior to ah. teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, your yeah. system knows that you see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, that makes sense. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Any other questions? Can we sing for 10 minutes? Yes. Just yeah, to yeah, pull yeah, it yeah, all yeah, together? Yeah, all right, great. Yay! <laughs> Okay, I'm going to close the recording.